pay attention to her, to her other children. More from Sophie Solaria. The mother of four was visiting Middleton Pool in Newport Pagnell last Friday when she asked a lifeguard if she could breastfeed her five-month-old daughter, Olive. She was shocked when he said no. The manager has since apologised, saying they're deeply saddened by events and say they fully support breastfeeding in their facility. Natasha now plans to hold a protest with other mums in the area, calling for the pool's breastfeeding policy to be made clearer. The BBC and Sky have agreed to broadcast a charity appeal for the people of Gaza five years after they attracted thousands of complaints when they rejected a similar request. The BBC says the current situation in Gaza is different, with all sides now in agreement on the need for urgent humanitarian aid. Small businesses in Flitwick say the lack of parking around stations Square is affecting their business. Shop owners say they need more free spaces and an extension on the 30-minute parking limit. The government will announce today that trains on London's new Crossrail line could continue to stations in Hertfordshire. The new line is currently being built under the capital. More from Liak New. The Transport Secretary, Patrick McLaughlin, says he wants to know if it's feasible to have Crossrail trains running to Hertfordshire when the line becomes fully operational in 2019. It would mean trains from the City and Canary Wharf stopping at Tring, Hemel Hempstead, Berkhamsted and Watford, without passengers having to change at Euston. The government says it would provide reliability while the HS2 line is built and could reduce journey times to London by 15 minutes. The average adult in Britain now spends more time on digital devices than sleeping. Ofcom found that 6-year-olds have the same understanding of mobile phones and tablets as 45-year-olds, while 14 and 15-year-olds are the most confident Users. In sport, England's cricketers start the fourth test against India today at Old Trafford with a series level at one all. And Watford are set for a £2 million windfall after former striker Britta Sombolonga left League One Peterborough to join Championship Club Nottingham Forest for around £5.5 million. The weather dry, warm, and sunny, maximum temperature 24 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk/slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. I would say it's it's a very vibrant place. There's lots of facilities here. And all this week we're featuring Amptill and Flitwick. It's one of the nicest places to live. If, for me, it's the best place to live in Bedfordshire. It's all about where you live. I think of a choice. I don't think I'd ever think about going anywhere else. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. That man is implying he doesn't have a choice. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Yeehaw, wahoo, do it. Gosh. Morning! I'm deaf in one ear, I don't know what's going on there. Don't panic, Mr Mannering, don't panic! This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Man alive, we've got a busy show for you today. Where I started to sound a little bit like Savile. That's what happens when you spend hours on end reading a book about Savile. Oh. Anyway. We'll have the latest on the two police officers from Bedfordshire who've been charged over an alleged assault. It's that age-old debate about breastfeeding. Woman's been told off for breastfeeding... In a pool area. Are you one of those fuddy-duddies that still gets upset when women get their breasts out to breastfeed? They don't even really get their breasts out, do they? It's all covered, it's all discreet. I can never understand why people would be offended by that. And 
In some of the papers, Boris Johnson, who's going to be standing as an MP, has been linked to some seats in Beds, Hearts or indeed the Bucks. It won't happen, he'll stay in London, that's obvious. But why are we so obsessed with Boris Johnson, the Mayor of London? You know, you know he's not really a buffoon, don't you? Don't you? Are you thumbs up or thumbs down for Boris? If you want to get in touch with the show, I suggest you do. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Kiss it, monkeys. Three Counties Radio. Now, two police officers from Bedfordshire have been charged over an alleged assault on an autistic man in Luton. One officer has been charged with racially motivated assault. Both have been charged with assault, perverting the course of justice and misconduct in a public office. Well, Paul Scoynes has got more on this. Paul, what exactly do we know? Well, Ian. Oh, there we go. Sorry. And this is in relation to an alleged assault on Farouk Ali, who's an autistic man, uh, and this happened in Luton in February 2012. Now, Christopher Thomas, who's 33, from Welling Garden City, an officer of Bedford 
Oxfordshire police has been summoned in relation to these charges of racially aggravated assault, assault, perverting course of justice and misconduct in a public office. Christopher Pitts, who's 39 and from Bedford, has been charged with perverting course of justice and misconduct in a public office. So those are the two uh, officers and those are the charges levelled against them. Now they're going to appear at Aylesbury Magistrates Court on the 1st of September uh, this year and this all stems from an investigation from the IPCC which is effectively the police watchdog into these uh, uh, allegations and that's been led by Leicestershire police uh, into these actions of these Beds police officers and we, we, we can't say too much more but what we can say is that John Locke who's uh, the senior Crown prosecutor from the CPS uh, in this area and he says that he's carefully reviewed all the evidence provided to him by Leicestershire police and was satisfied uh, with the uh, in accordance with the code of, uh, of sort of conduct for Crown prosecutors that there was enough evidence uh, and that it was in the public interest to pursue this and charge these two officers with these offences. They're being, inv- I'm, I'm, I'm assuming here, they're being investigated by Leicestershire Police, so it's an outside police force that's looking into it, because I was slightly confused when I heard that in the bulletin. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Now, it's, it's pretty standard procedure for another force to right. uh, lead the investigation if it's into a, 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 a force such as Bedford, okay. you would get another force to do the investigation. Uh, it's one of a number of serious investigations into Bedfordshire Police, isn't it? Yeah, the IPCC are actually looking into a number of areas. That's the Independent Police Complaints Commission, by the way and and uh, let's go through some of them the the uh, case of leon briggs there are five police officers and two detention officers they're still under investigation in connection to the death of leon briggs who died in luton uh, all were under interviewed under criminal uh, caution by the ipcc investigators uh, in early february and Connected with that, Ian, Ollie Martins, the Police and Crime Commissioner for Bedfordshire, is also under investigation uh, for releasing information to a third party in that case, which he has admitted. Now, um, the IPCC is also investigating Beds Police in uh, their contact with a man prior to the murder of Leonard Flower in Luton. They're looking at... Um, uh, 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 the incident that police officers attended the address of someone called Samir Baber in Luton uh, after he'd contacted them so it's sort of prior contact uh, in a in a murder case um and also, uh, the IPCC is investigating the police in Bedfordshire over their handling of information from a member of the public over Ian Watkins, the rock star paedophile from the Lost Prophets. Mm. They were uh, apparently uh, had uh, allegations of child abuse made uh, in uh, October 2012 to the force, and they're investigating how they handled that information. You possibly won't be able to answer this question, but I shall ask it anyway. Is it usual for the police to have that many investi- ongoing investigations into them? Five sounds a lot to me. I don't know. It, I wouldn't know whether or not it's... It feels like a high number, doesn't mm. it? Um, it, it? I mean, the IPCC investigations are often launched... Uh, Whenever there's any concern about um, a, a particular case, there's it's almost a statutory mm. um, uh, uh, sort of system that uh, an IPCC investigation is launched in certain uh, situations. I think with police chases and the death of a police uh, car chase and so on. I think there's always an mm. investigation in that. Um, I mean, of course, we don't know how these are going to turn out. They may indeed be uh, sort of turned around and and, uh, and and found that the IPCC have nothing to find. However, this is slightly separate because, of course two officers have been charged with these cases and just to go over those again we've got uh, one officer who's been charged with assault and racially aggravated assault perverting the course of justice and misconduct in a public office you've got that other officer who's been uh, uh, charged with perverting the course of justice and misconduct in a public office too paul thank you very much 
Three Counties Radio. Come on, guys. Are you one of those people that gets upset when you see uh, women breastfeeding in public? Seriously, in 2014, you still offended by it? 08459 455 555. Do give me a call. Try and explain it to me. Let's get the travel news. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, morning, Ian. Thankfully, there's not a huge amount to report on the roads. Traffic seems to be moving well. The M1 and the M25, so far, so good. Certainly don't see any delays showing on the speed sensors across the three counties. Uh, Virgin trains are saying delays are possible to some of their services between London and Birmingham. There's a trespasser, apparently, so some trains are having to be diverted away from Birmingham New Street. Reckon delays of up to 20 minutes for the next three quarters of an hour or so. And at Luton Airport, there's a late Whiz Air flight from Katowice, which should be arriving at 7.25 this morning. Not now expected until five to nine. Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, sir. 6.16, uh, Thursday the 7th of August. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Two Bedfordshire police officers have been charged over the assault, uh, alleged assault of autistic man Farouk Ali outside his own home in Luton. One of the officers has been charged with racially aggravated assault. A woman from Newport Pagnell is calling for clarity on breastfeeding in public after being told she can't breastfeed at the town's swimming pool. And the BBC and Sky have agreed to broadcast a charity appeal for the people of Gaza, five years after they attracted thousands of complaints when they rejected a similar request. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. If you know the difference between your silly point, your gully, and your slip, caught behind second ball, Ooh. reaching for a ball, he really should be playing time. it. And tomorrow afternoon is going to be right up your street. Where's the jam? Nick Coffer. I'm going to be live jam. from Amtill Cricket Club as they take on the Lashings World Eleven. Where's the jam? You'll hear from cricketing legends such as Philip DeFratis, Corey Collymore, Where's the jam? Schofield, Sackley Mushtak, Evan Malcolm. Plus, as part of our big Where's tour of Beds, Hearts and Bucks, I'll be finding out about some locally made jam yes. and delving into the history of Flittick and Amptill. Nick Coffer. Live from Amptill Cricket Club, tomorrow from midday, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Kick out the jams, mums! If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. 
Three Counties Radio, coming up a little bit later on. You can call us on this now, actually. Uh, Boris Johnson, the Mayor of London, is going to be... I don't, it's on all of the front pages. Boris Johnson. Uh, Boris plots come and, come and pomp back. Come back? Is that a phrase? Uh, Boris fever. Um, Tory team divided over the return of star player Boris Johnson. Th- this morning... Can you explain to me the fascination with Boris Johnson, the Mayor of London? I don't quite... I don't quite get it. I don't quite understand how he is capable of creating such a fool, are we? 08459 four double five five double five. He's been linked with some local seats. I can tell you now, that won't happen. He's going to stay in London, guys. He's going to stay in London. It's probably going to be Uxbridge. Give us a call. Your fascination, or the nation's fascination with Boris Johnson. Some people think he's a lovable buffoon. Some people think he's he's actually quite a nasty piece of work. Which camp do you lie in? 08459 455 555. Another story that you might like to have your say on is this. A Milton Keynes mother says she was told to stop breastfeeding whilst on a visit to a local pool because it broke a no food or drink policy. The pool later apologised and said the lifeguard felt that she couldn't breastfeed and pay attention to her other children. Well, Justin Dealey has been out and about asking if people think breastfeeding in public is acceptable. I don't think it's very appropriate. Tell me why. Because it's not very nice thing to do, is it? It's only the natural thing to do. It's natural. You should find a private or clean place to do that. Not just anywhere you're sitting and, like, if animals do that, human beings don't do that. Does it disgust you? Yeah, very much. I think it's all right done in sort of places where if they were to cover themselves up a bit, some of them just flick it out, don't they? You know, it's not for public, is no, it? No, it's not no. for the public places. When you've no. got you've mm. got men around and children, I don't think it's a good thing. I think it's fine. It's nature, 
but I think it's more embarrassing for men than other women mm. and particularly children sometimes as well get embarrassed but I think if you're covered up maybe they should do cubicles you have disabled maybe you should have a cubicle for breastfeeding a room for breastfeeding and they should do that well speaking to the MK News Natasha Barnett says she feels humiliated um, and we'll be speaking to her a little bit later on in the show to uh, get her thoughts on it I'm joined now by Sydney Davis who helped organise a pro breastfeeding rally in Milton Keynes morning Sydney morning do you do you just flick it out I don't, I am quite discreet. I don't cover. I do not use a cover because, one, my daughter doesn't like it and it would draw much more attention to me if I tried. But I never just whack it out my top. What, you had something particularly unpleasant happen to you, didn't you? What was it? Um, I have had lots of people be nasty to me and tell me that you shouldn't breastfeed in public. My biggest one was I was in a restaurant with her when she was quite small. She was very little. And I had a woman tell me that it was disgusting and that it was putting her off her dinner. Uh, this was another black customer in the restaurant. Yeah, and you were called a tramp as well. Yeah, I've been called... Because of breastfeeding in public, people think it's disgusting because your boobs are out. Here's but, the thing yeah. I don't understand, right? After childbirth, surely breastfeeding is literally the most natural thing a human being can do. Yeah, it is. I mean, some people do struggle with breastfeeding and some people just don't want to breastfeed, which is absolutely fine. But it is the most natural thing to do. It's like an instinct. Your baby is born, they put it on your chest. It's just what you want to do. My, I remember uh, being in a restaurant with my wife when she had um, our, our first, I guess, um, who wasn't particularly good at breastfeeding. That's, that's a different issue. Uh, and uh, she was uh, very self-conscious about it. And there weren't many people in the restaurant, but she made a point of going out to somewhere private. I, it may even have been to the car to breastfeed. And a lovely, very posh elderly couple next to us leant over and said, oh, if she was going out because of us, there was no need for her to do that. We're, we're quite happy with that kind of thing. Yeah, it would be so nice if more people were like that. Because especially with your first show, I mean, my little girl's my third, so um, I'm sort of just get on with it. But it is such a it is a private thing, and I do agree with some people saying that you can you should there is way there is there are times maybe you should you want to do it in private, but you wouldn't expect a babe a baby that was bottle fed to be in a cubicle or a toilet or anything with a bottle. Oh, would you? and would you want to go and eat your lunch in a public toilet? I don't think so. No, it's disgusting. You... And the same with the changing room at the swimming pool. Uh-oh. Just going back to the story, it's freezing in those changing rooms mm. in the swimming pool. They're now trying to turn their story and say that they were concerned about the safety and welfare of her younger child, who was four years old. Well, actually, surely it would be safer for him to sit on the edge of the baby pool, in the water, where it's warm, while Natasha was sat poolside feeding her, little, um, feeding her baby daughter, where he was warm and safe. Surely making him sit in a cold changing room while she feeds her daughter is actually more dangerous to his health than being sat on the edge of the pool. Now, I, you've been in touch with Natasha. I don't know this particular pool, but, and I would have slight concerns about allowing my four-year-old to be in a swimming pool on his own. Even if I was poolside, I would still be uncomfortable with it. What, is there a separate kind of pool for kiddies? A, I've never been to this pool, but right. I certainly won't be going now. Right. Um, there is a separate pool there's a very shallow like a splash pool okay okay and he was sat on the edge of it he won't go in by himself plus they were also in the pool was her nine-year-old daughter and her friend so there was two sort of nine ten-year-olds as well mm. that with him so he wasn't alone 
According to the statement, we, we tried to get the, the pool on today and they, they've refused, but we, we, they've sent us a statement. According to the statement, they've apologised to Natasha and they, they've said that um, uh, breastfeeding is only banned in the pool, not poolside. You can breastfeed poolside. That isn't what was said at all. They actually told her that it was against the food and drink policy for her to breastfeed poolside. Gosh. Well, by that logic, any woman that could be potentially breastfeeding or pregnant can't go swimming because you lactate while you're pregnant, you lactate while you're breastfeeding, there's going to be breast milk in the pool. So by that logic, any child, say from the age of about 11, that's the average age of puberty, up to the average age of about 65, which is about the average age for menopause, could potentially get pregnant or could potentially be breastfeeding. So therefore, any woman age 11 to 65 can't go swimming anymore. Sydney, do we know, what, I mean, we're speaking to Natasha in an hour or so, do we know what, uh, uh, is she planning to protest? What, what, what she, is she going to take this further? She's definitely going to take it further. I think they are, she's trying to plan a protest, but she's definitely very outraged by Middleton Paul's statement because that is not what happened whatsoever. They are twisting their words, trying to make it out that they didn't break the Equality Act because they obviously now don't want to get in trouble. They don't want to lose custom and don't want to lose money. But they're going to because they're now making the situation worse for themselves. They're digging a hole. Sydney, I really appreciate your time and your thoughts on this this morning. That's uh, Sydney Davis. Um, uh, you can tell he's very, very passionate uh, about it. Paul, I believe you've got a statement from the pool. Is that right? Well, we've got some statements from the actual company that runs the, the, right. uh, the pool and also from the Facebook page of the pool. And uh, the, the leisure company, PFP Leisure, have said that uh, the manager's spoken to Natasha and fully satisfied, she says, with the uh, reasoning behind the approach of the lifeguard. As, he, as we've sort of alluded to, it's, uh, they say because the safety of her other child uh, and uh, it also says that the lady says she's looking forward to returning to the pool which is certainly different from what we've just heard there and the Facebook page says that um, it was a, a mistake and that uh, after explaining uh, their actions that uh, Natasha is is uh, what does it say here um, very happy about it okay, well, we'll accepted our actions as a sensible and practical solution. We will put that direct quote to Natasha in about an hour's time your thoughts please, breastfeeding in public come on guys, <clears throat> there can't be any Anybody, <clears throat> excuse me, a little bit clarty. There can't be anybody who's still offended by it, can there? Really? Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, so far so good on the M25. Ian, the M1 looking pretty good until you get up towards Northampton. It is down to a single lane northbound junctions 15A to 16. So from the A43 to the A45, it's because of road work. So that causing uh, some queues towards and past where they're doing that work. The speed sense is not picking up too many delays across the three counties. Um, there are some delays on the A4146, that bit of Stoke Road that uh, sort of goes up from the Drayton Road uh, up towards the A5, so there's a section of that uh, that's looking rather busy at the moment. Uh, also a section of the A418 going down sort of just before you get into Aylesbury really, just looking very slow uh, by the uh, Halcott turn. Uh, otherwise nothing else on the roads to report. Virgin trains say that some trains are having to be diverted away from Birmingham because of a trespasser, so up to 20 minute delays to their services coming uh, through the three counties out of London. And at Luton Airport there's a Wizz Air flight from Katowice due at 7.25 this morning not now expected to touch down until five to nine. Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Two Bedfordshire police officers have been charged over the alleged assault of autistic man Farouk Ali outside his own home in Luton. One of the officers has been charged with racially aggravated assault. A woman from Newport Pagnell is calling for clarity on breastfeeding in public after being told she can't breastfeed at the town's swimming pool. The BBC and Sky have agreed to broadcast a charity appeal for the people of Gaza five years after they attracted thousands of complaints when they rejected a similar request. And the government will announce today that trains on London's new Crossrail line could continue to stations in Hertfordshire. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hertfordshire fast bowler Steve Finn could return to Test cricket for the first time in over a year when England play India in the fourth Test at Old Trafford today. Finn was sent home early from the winter tour of Australia, but is back in the squad in place of the injured Liam Plunkett. The series is level at one all with two Tests to play. Here's captain Alistair Cook. We're on the start of the England recovery now, I think. We're rebuilding stuff, and one game doesn't mean that we've cracked it. You know, for five days throwing Southampton, we were really good. We put pressure on India for five days, where the rest of the summer we've been doing it for short time, so I've not been able to continue for the whole five days. Now the challenge is, can we back up that five days with another good five days here? Watford are set for a £2 million windfall after former striker Britta Sombolonga left League One Peterborough to join Championship Club Nottingham Forest for around £5.5 million. Watford sold the 21-year-old to Posh for £1.5 million a year ago. He scored 33 goals last season. It's thought the Hornets will now earn just over £2 million from a sell-on fee, despite a Sombolonga only playing for them four times. Milton Keynes Dons manager Carl Robinson says the return of Samir Carruthers shows the club is building for the future. The 21-year-old midfielder Fielder has signed a three-year deal after joining from Aston Villa for an undisclosed fee. He was on loan at Stadium MK last season, although Robinson says it will be a while before he features this season. He's got a thigh strain, so he's out for four weeks, which is a big loss to us, but it's, I think people know the reason why I'm at the football club. I'm not always about today, I'm about tomorrow and, and development. And To sign a three-year deal for the period of time that he has done, I think it's only going to stand us in good stead for the future. Elsewhere, Celtic are out of the Champions League after a 6-1 aggregate defeat to Leisure Wall saw in qualifying. The Scottish champions who trailed 4-1 from the first leg were booed off after a 2-0 defeat at Murrayfield. And Tiger Woods has declared himself fit for the final golf major of the season, the US PGA, which starts later today. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at 7. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number, should you wish to give us a call. This morning we're talking about breasts, of all things. There can't be anybody uh, who objects to breastfeeding at the moment. I find that, um, that incredible. All right. Paul Scoynes. Morning. What are you doing? Just coming to do a paper review. Um, can you pass me one? Well, I... I've been thinking about the paper review, and it's customary at this time. Yeah, I know we do it this time, and it's normally it's quite um, uh, quite perky, sparky, a little bit spunky. Um, Highlights of the show, I find. Yeah, certainly with uh, in the past. I just think uh, it's not been working the last couple of weeks, amongst other things. But let's focus on that for the moment. Uh, so what? I'm. Uh, I don't want you doing the paper review. Anyway. I don't think it's working with you, mate. If I'm honest. What? Alice, do you want to come and do the paper review, me? I can do the paper review. In you come. Good wow. girl. There we go. So cold. Well, no, not cold. I just want the best for the show, mate, and I don't well, think you're giving it. Could you go back and work the phones and also um, get a song up for me, please? 
uh, well, yeah, okay. Good lad. Hey, Alice. I could not have done this off air. I meant to. I, yeah. If you can sit where Paul is sat, that, those headphones are Take Paul's headphones. Give me the papers. I know you've not had a chance thanks. to look through them, but you. Uh, wow. You have a little looky. Thanks, Paul. Thanks. Um, Jason Donovan. Just don't worry, I'm in charge of it, Paul. I'm, dro- <laughs> I'm steering the ship. I'm steering the ship. Jason Donovan. Um, um, uh. Jason Donovan, please. Jason Donovan. I'm dis- do you, are you a fan of Jason Donovan's music? Um, I'm going to say not massive. I am um, struggling with either another night. Uh, this, is why I need, this is why I need a daily for this. Another night, RSVP, or I'm doing fine. Um, are we really about to play a Jason Donovan? Yeah, we totally are, mate. And your problem is? Exactly. You just try and find some stories, Alice. Take your time, don't worry. I know I've thrown you on the spot here, but I know, <laughs> I know you're good. Already already there's more life and joy in this bit than that. Good, I'm, I'm pleased. Fun, huh? So, so much fun. Isn't it fun? Great stuff, great stuff. Um, when can we speak? I need Dealey's input on this. Well, he's driving. Okay, that wasn't the question. The question wasn't how is what is he doing now. The question is when can we speak to Dealey? I've got a caller to take. Do you want to take that? Uh, that won't work as a call. And party? Hmm. <laughs> I tell you what. I'm going to play a song. Yeah. You look for some stories. Yeah. We'll get Dealey up. Yeah. Um, and we'll have a bit of Jason in a minute. Play your 
Rod Stewart. A little bit miserable, that song, isn't it? Really? I mean, yeah, he's in love, but for goodness sakes. Uh, Ellis Glossop joins me to do the pay-per-view. Good morning, Ellis. Good morning. I've thrown you on the spot. I've got to say, when that record was playing, though, we've been having a real laugh. Just the best. Isn't it fun? It's been, it's been bright. It's been sparky. Sparky. Yeah. It's, which it certainly hasn't been for the rest of the week. Now, uh, we're going to get Dealey up in a little bit to talk about uh, Jason Donovan. I fancy a little bit of Jason. I want to see if he stands the test of time. What have you found in the papers, young lady? The favourite thing I found is about an elephant. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. It's not very serious, but... Ooh, ooh, good. We want light and frothy. Um... In, in the South African bush, a Sorry? couple were driving <laughs> through, I don't know, is it a safari park? I get, well, I guess A national so. park. Yeah. And uh, an elephant came along. Brilliant. And he sort of tapped on the back of their car by the looks of things in this photo. Yeah. And then started using it as a scratching post. Oh, no. And there's no. a lovely picture of the elephant just on top of the car. He sat on top of happy. the car. Look at that. Yeah. Have you ever been to um, uh, Whipsnade or Woburn or those places? I've been to Whipsnade, but no. I haven't been to Woburn. We went to Woburn a few weeks ago. It's great there. It's enough expensive. Oh, really? It was like about 100 quid for, for us to get in. Man. I know, crazy. Anyway, we went there and uh, the boys were loving it because uh, monkeys jumping. We had a monkey sat on our wing mirror. Dream. But they do, they do, and it's great, but they do rip cars apart. They didn't rip ours apart, but they were um, pouring at the li- pulling at the lining of a car in front of us and ripping the lining out. And they do rip aerials off oh. and snap them in half. Angry monkeys. They're trying to tell us something. They're saying, get out. Yeah. Kick out the jams, mums. Get out of here. Uh, it's exciting, but it, it's a little bit terrifying. And of course, monkeys, uh, how can I put this delicately? They like to... Um, monkeys are the only other animals... There are only three creatures in the world that have SEX for pleasure, okay? Right. Humans, yep. monkeys, yep. and dolphins. I didn't know dolphins did. Yeah, dolphins. You learn something new every day. Dolphins for pleasure. And there are only two creatures in the world that, um, I've got to tread delicately because it's half term, (laughs) that um, are quite happy to take things in hand on their own. Right, yeah. Humans and monkeys. So, you'll be driving around and there'll be a monkey, you know, taking things into their own hands. That's awkward when you've got a four-year-old and did a two-year-old. Did that happen when you were there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, did yeah. you get any questions about it? Nope, no, nope, because we did the uh, classic. Hey, boys, look over this side of the car. <laughs> but, Mummy, there's nothing there. Oh, don't matter. There's, there's stuff. There's stuff to see. I don't get, I don't get the fascination with uh, Bake Off. Are you a Bake Off I'm fan? I'm a massive Bake Off Explain fan. Explain the great British Bake Off to me. Okay, well... Mary Berry is the most delightful person on the planet. I think that we can all agree. Okay, she's 98 years old. <laughs> I, my mum once cut her off on a roundabout in Beckinsale. What, with a blade? No, with a car. With a car. Wow, really? Yeah. She cut Mary Berry up? Yeah, and she was really angry about it. And I was like, Mum, it's Mary Berry. You can't cut her off on a roundabout. Wowzers. Yeah. Um, so okay, so, that, that, so that's... So that's not so part of it. That's just a nice little That's fact. why you like Bake Off, because your mum drove aggressively in the face of everybody <laughs> and, and laughed at a pensioner. It's a perk. I like... Uh, um, which one do I like from Mel and Mel Sue? Mel and Sue are brilliant. I like Mel. I like Mel a lot. Her hair was really nice last night. Mel is great. Uh, Paul Hollywood, though, he's like um, Mr. Lover Lover. Oh, mm. romantic. Um, and since he's not going out with that American girl anymore and he's gone back to his wife, yeah. do we like him or don't we like him at the moment? What, you and I, or just the world at large? I'm going to use you as the... You know people come on and say, I'm the spokesperson for um, all black people, or I'm the spokesperson okay. for all young Christians. or right. You know, you are the spokesperson for the whole of the country now. OK. Do you like Paul Hollywood? I do. Why? But, do you think he's good-looking? Um, he's a bit of a silver fox, yeah. 
Really? He's it's his he's just so arrogant and it's quite you like that. You like the arrogance. Not most. Not on. Not on people I meet. Okay. So, you, so he's <laughs> his his moon faced silver haired arrogance is what wins him over for you. Uh, yeah, because the thing is, is I didn't think I liked him that much, and then I watched his bread show. I oh, watched like bread, multiple episodes bread. of Paul Hollywood's bread show, which surprised myself. When I was a kid, bread was a completely different television program altogether, guys. <laughs> was it? Oh man, alive! It was one of Britain's greatest sitcoms, and now there's a program actually about bread. Multiple programs about bread. If, a, if anyone can, can let me know the fascination of the Great British Bake Off, a show, another show I will never get around to seeing. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Have you found anything else? Um, yeah, I did find something. Did we talk about this yesterday? The train thing. No, we didn't. This is amazing. You're so good, Alice. Because I was going to do that. Go on. This is a great story. Okay, um, there's a train. A man fell between the gap. Yep, yep. Between, and looking at the picture, have you seen this? This picture the is insane. The gap is tiny. Paul, have you seen this picture? Yeah, pictures it's don't... Pictures, you, you should go on the Met line. She's going to describe it now, aren't you, Alice? I'm going to... Descri- she's all right, Paul, don't worry. Describe it. This is, bri- this is brilliant. Okay. Pictures, pictures don't work on radio. Just, she's going to describe it, Paul. The picture is... It, the tagline of the picture yeah. is stuck. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, yeah. Man's leg caught in gap. Yeah, yeah. And the picture... Already I've got the image in my head, but The go picture on. is man's leg caught in gap. Yeah. And it's a tiny gap, and I'm really shocked his legs managed to get down we're there. Because t- we're always told to mind the gap, and yep. you kind of think, oh, it's a tiny gap, but but this guy didn't mind the gap, he and didn't he should have done. And his leg is stuck between the, the train and the platform. It's insane. How did they get his leg out? This is incredible. You're going to like this. Have you heard this story, Paul? Yeah, I saw the picture. Okay, okay, but have you heard how they got the, the leg out? Yeah, I have. Okay, it's brilliant. Go on, go, okay, on, go. Passengers rushed to the rescue yep. after a traveller's leg got caught in the two-inch gap. Wow. Staff stopped the service until he was freed without serious injury in yeah. Western Australia. And what they did, all the passengers all tilted... The train. They pushed it. They pushed it. It's the most. What they did initially. This is great. The guard said to all the passengers on the train, "Right, we need to stand on the other side of the train to try and hopefully that'll move it a little bit." It didn't work. So everyone got off the train. Kids, mums, dad, everybody, and they're all pushing the train to lift it. It's an incredible story. It's an incredible photograph. I've got to say, Alice, it was delivered incredibly. Thanks. Thank you. Stay there because we're going to have a bit more of this. You, you, this is great, isn't it, Paul? This is what we've been lacking for the last few... This is, this is, this is wonderful. I'm so happy. You are right, Paul? Skynes? Paul? Traveller there. Thank you, mate. Mm-hmm. Never mind, I'm, I'm enjoying this, Alice. This is great stuff, thank you. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a great story. It is a great story. Uh, M1 doing OK through the county here. Still a bit busy northbound, a bit further up towards Junction 16 on the outskirts of Northampton, where it looks like the overnight roadworks overran. Starting to ease now that they've packed that up out of the way for another night. M25 busying up a little bit anti-clockwise at Junction 20. Turn for the A41 at Kings Langley. Looking at the speed sense, it's not a huge amount else going on, although there is a short queue on the A421, halfway up from Brogborough towards Marston Mortain, and on the northbound A6 as you head away from Lou. There's a queue going from Bushmead to the Birdsfoot Lane uh, junction. Uh, train services, most of the local services doing OK. Virgin said their trains from London up to Birmingham had delays of up to 20 minutes because of a trespasser in the Birmingham area earlier on. Doesn't look from the departure boards like it's affecting uh, London Midland services coming through uh, the three counties. London Underground, Hoban Station uh, is closed because of a fire alert. And if you are using the trains or the tubes, uh, please mind the gap. Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 
6.47, it's Thursday the 7th of August. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Two Bedfordshire police officers have been charged over the alleged assault of autistic man Farouk Ali outside his own home in Luton. One of the officers has been charged with racially aggravated assault. A woman from Newport Pagnell is calling for clarity on breastfeeding in public after being told she can't breastfeed at the town swimming pool. And the BBC and Sky have agreed to broadcast a charity appeal for the people of Gaza, five years after they attracted thousands of complaints when they reached, uh, rejected a similar request. Here's the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, Wendy Harrell with your weather this morning and it's a beautiful start right across the three counties. Lovely sunshine, a little bit on the muggy side, but we're expecting temperatures today of at least 24 degrees in a spot like St Albans. Then as we go through the night, it's fairly straightforward once again because there will just be some broken cloud at first at least and it'll be a bit uncomfortable for sleeping with temperatures around 17 or 18 degrees. Into the early hours of the morning, we will have seen it cloud over and we'll get the first bits and pieces of rain gliding up from the south now, the Met Office has us covered by a yellow weather warning, particularly the further east you go tomorrow, because on and off through the day, there is going to be this rain moving up from the south, and some of it's going to be rather on the heavy side. So, a yellow weather warning in place from the Met Office for that, because we could accumulate some rather large puddles. And when it's not raining, it's going to be pretty cloudy and fresher too. Top temperature in Luton tomorrow, for example, around 20 or 21 degrees. Then Saturday, not looking too bad to start us off over the weekend, but Sunday, well, could be could be unseasonably wet and windy with the effects of ex-hurricane Bertha. Keep your ears out for the forecast over the next few days because that is likely to change. We're trying to firm up the details. That's how it's looking so far. Thank you very much. Every weekday morning from nine, Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Lots to discuss. Do you agree with her? Do you think she speaks a lot of sense? With the biggest questions. Should Muslim women be allowed to wear the veil in court? And is it fair to only give people this kind of benefit for three months? And the biggest opinions. I'd like to hear from you. I feel strongly because... Children should be taught in a structured way. You know, there's nothing better in life than real-life experience. Don't you be patronising. Excuse me, I'm talking sorry. There's two words here. Common sense. When I pet hate... I feel really strongly about it. We're talking about that. I agree with you. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Okay, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, doing the paper review with uh, Paul Scoynes. Not Paul, sorry. Oh, force of habit. We're both wearing glasses, I get it. Oh, man, sorry. Sorry, that's Alice. That's okay. That's <laughs> with Paul Scoynes. We know that's a, a, a dead duck. Speaking of dead ducks, right... I saw a dead duck the other day Don't in the river. Don't be happy about that. No, I've never, have you ever seen a dead duck in the river before? No. No, of course you've not. Isn't that weird? And I mean, I was in Windsor. I was walking along the Thames, and there are all these ducks, and right by the side, on its side, there's a dead duck floating around. I thought, I have never seen a dead duck, or a dead swan, or a dead geese, goose, or dead any of the other birds that are there. And it maybe, was just there floating. Maybe it's like a cat. You know, they go somewhere. Yeah. They go away. Where do they go? Into a duck house. Duck house. Or duck island. There's all these islands. that It's weird. If you go to rivers... You right, Paul? You ever seen a dead duck? If you go to... Uh, <laughs> I know, I shouldn't. It's cruel. I'm looking at one. Uh, uh, you can log that if you want, Alice. As a complaint, yeah, I'm, no, but I'm building up some uh, abuse complaints. Along with the, way, the sign, Paul, the sign that you sign, made, because yeah. it's only my fourth week, and I, you know, I just. Just have you ever seen a dead duck? Uh, yes, unfortunately, I have, boss. It's um, it's not a pleasant sight, is it? Really, let's be honest about it. 
I went to the duck pond yesterday in my village, actually. Were there any dead ducks there? No, there were baby ducks. Where though. do the dead ducks go? Where do they go? <laughs> Justin, you, you sound traumatised by it. It's not like you're yeah. in Vietnam or anything. <laughs> <laughs> you, see, you see, where I live in Hemel Hempstead, we have something called the Water Gardens. Oh, yeah. Which, which apparently is going to have millions of pounds spent on it as well. Yeah. Uh, not because of dead ducks, but, but lots of lovely ducks live there. And occasionally, when I'm walking to the gym, I see dead ducks, and it's not very pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> it, wouldn't make such, it wouldn't make such a good film, would, would it? I see dead ducks. No, it, it really wouldn't, boss, no, no. Now, listen, Justin, when you came in this morning, mm. I noticed you'd had uh, what my little boy calls, because of you, a nut mm. cut. Yeah, a little haircut, yeah, a little nut cut, absolutely, and yeah. D- just, just tell the listener what you asked for when you went in to your barber's. Well, she came to me and... Um, Whoa, what? <laughs> Sorry. Is this, yeah, the, she, is this the late 1980s? <laughs> <laughs> well, someone came to you to give you a nut cut? Yeah, they came to my house. They parked up outside. They, 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 they came would. in with a drink. They gave me lots of comms and we sat down. And I said, this is what I want. I want Billy Fury slash Jason Donovan mixed with 1980s Madge. And she went, who's Madge? I said, Madonna. So I want a Billy Fury slash Jason Donovan mixed with 1980s short Madge. Get the scissors out. Get on with it. It is one of the best nut cuts you've ever had. Thank you, boss. I appreciate the comps. She has done a cracking, cracking job. Well, it got me thinking, I used to be a big Jason Donovan fan. Right, mm, and I remember, I remember having an argument in the sixth form common room with Malcolm Richmond, saying, "Listen, Jason's the one with the talent. You mark my words. In twenty years' time, Jason will still be releasing records. Kylie Minogue will be nowhere." <laughs> I backed the wrong horse there, and I was I was thinking maybe playing a little bit of a, maybe playing a Jason Donovan song to see if it stands the test of time. Oh no, it does. There's not even a debate to be had here. His music does. Well, Justin, so we're, we're gonna, I'm going to suggest a couple of titles in a second. But Ian's in Northampton. Morning, Ian. Morning, Ian. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Are you a Jason Donovan fan? I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a fan of his, but I can remember a song called Nothing Can Divide Us, which was really absolute pap. But um, it might be worth playing that one. But an even better one, yeah. who's not Jason Donovan, is what? the bloke that used to play Henry with all the curly hair. Craig McLaughlin, check it, one too. And the underpants. That's it. Yeah. Hey, Mona. Hey, hey Mona. Mona. Ooh, Mona. Hey, Mona. Ooh, Mona. Mona. What are you laughing for, Alice? That's what pop music was like back in my day. <laughs> forget, forget your Coldplay and your Justin Bieber. We had Clay McLaughlin in the underpants. Uh, Ian, thank you. We're not going to play that. <laughs> We've heard enough of it. That, that was, was actually that was a big, pretty much it. That was a big hit. I'll tell you what. what was what was? Do you remember uh, Justin? Do you remember, uh, do you remember <laughs> Stefan Dennis's song? Uh, yeah, no, he he's still in Neighbours. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. My mum was watching it the other he's week. A I popped over for a cup of tea. He's still in Neighbours. Can you believe that? He's, he still looks exactly the same. He's, well, he's got fake, false legs. I think. I think his legs were chopped <laughs> off. His song was a, a proto-gay anthem called "Don't It Make You Feel Good." good. Right, yeah, these, so, these yeah. are the, these are the Donovan songs. You're right, Scoins. Some yeah. cr- gotta say, guys, some uh, really first-class bands this morning, team. <laughs> really relaxed, fun, great mm. bands. Uh, these are the songs I'm thinking. Nothing can divide us. I don't think was that good, right? No, no. These are the songs I'm thinking. Not, not, the, not the biggest of hits. Or the, this one was number two. When you come back to me, mm, yeah. Another night. Yep. I'm doing fine. No, 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 no. You did like that one. No, it's okay, but you're you're kind of building up to the big hit. I'm hoping you're going to mention. I'm not saying any dream will do. No, 
No, no, no, no, oh, not that one. You know, that, that's the great thing about Jason. He always used to mix it up. If you fancied a bit of romantic Jason, you could do it. If you fancied a bit of dance Jason, yep. he had everything going. Too Many Broken Hearts, great song, great video, uh, a brilliant song from yesteryear, that, which is sadly forgotten. You want Too Many Broken Hearts? Absolutely. I'm going to... Um, see, I, I prefer... Um, another night... No, I prefer when you come back to me. I'll tell you what we're going to do. Listen vote. Listen vote. <laughs> We're not allowed to do listen votes. <laughs> Thanks a lot for that, guys. Well, Alice Glossop. Oh, no. You, you have done so well oh, on no. the paper review this morning. It's entirely up to you. It, too many broken hearts. So, oh, these songs mean nothing to her, by the way, Just. <laughs> well, they should do. Well, how old were you in 1989? Minus one. <gasps> <gasps> <Whoa>! <laughs> <laughs> that hurts me as a person. Oh, wow. That hurts me as an old man. I'm going to wa- wave my walking stick. Right. <laughs> Too many broken hearts or when you come back to me. The choice is entirely yours. I know they mean nothing to you. They both sound depressing. Um, What's depressing? How hey, can you call Jason Donovan on a mountain top wearing Scoins. jeans depressing? Scoins. Can you give me a hand? Which one's less depressing? Scoins. Not, not taking part. Hey, Scoins, come and be part of the bands, mate. Come and no, be part no, of the team. I'll just do what you want me to do. It's fine. This is what we want you to do. We're running out of time, guys. If we're going to squeeze Jason, you're right. Going to I say the second one, not the Broken Hearts one. That sounds sad. Oh, uh, when you come back to me. Yes, yeah, do that. I'm one. sorry, Justin. I'm outraged. How can she say that Jason Donovan on a mountain top wearing jeans, looking smooth, is depressing? That was an anthem. Justin, I'm sorry, mate, but at least we get to play some, Jason. Yeah, that's a fair enough point. Fair enough point. Absolutely. Oh, speak to you later, Just. Take care, boss. Oh, I think I, I think you've made the right choice here. I'm enjoying it so far. Good, huh? Oh, let's just enjoy this bad boy, shall we?
Jason tomorrow. Maybe we'll play the song that Dealey wanted. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, thankfully, no accidents or incidents to report so far this morning. The major route's not looking too bad. The M1 doing well. M25 beginning to busy up a little bit anti-clockwise. Junctions 21 to 20 from the M1 to Kings Langley. And then patches from 17 to 16, the bit from Maple Cross to the M40. And then it's busy on the roundabout off Junction 21A on the A405 at Brickett Wood. And Virgin trains say delays of up to 20 minutes possible to trains going up to Birmingham. Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. That was fun. Coming up in the next hour, breastfeeding in public. Some people are still outraged by it. Are you one of them? Speak to you after the news with Simon Oxley. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock. The headlines. Police officers charged over assault on autistic man in Luton. Mum told to stop breastfeeding at Newport Pagnell swimming pool. And driver arrested after car driven the wrong way down Hertfordshire motorway. BBC Three Counties Radio. Two Bedfordshire police officers have been charged over the alleged assault of an autistic man outside his own home in Luton. It's claimed 33-year-old Farouk Ali was dragged and punched as he watched dustmen empty his bins. More from Jane Killick. Following pressure from Mr Ali's family, an investigation was undertaken by Leicestershire Police. 33-year-old Christopher Thomas from Welling Garden City will appear in court at the beginning of next month, charged with racially aggravated assault. He's also accused of perverting the course of justice and misconduct in public office, along with a second police constable, 33-year-old Christopher Pitts from Bedford. A woman from Newport Pagnell is calling for clarity on breastfeeding in public after being told she can't breastfeed at the town's swimming pool. Natasha Barnett was asked not to feed her daughter because of a no-food-or-drink rule and because the lifeguard felt she couldn't pay attention to her other children. More from Sophie Solaria. The mother of four was visiting Middleton Pool in Newport Pagnell last Friday when she asked a lifeguard if she could breastfeed her five-month-old daughter, Olive. She was shocked when he said no. The manager has since apologised, saying they're deeply saddened by events and say they fully support breastfeeding in their facility. Natasha now plans to hold a protest with other mums in the area, calling for the pool's breastfeeding policy to be made clearer. A man has been arrested after a car was driven the wrong way down the A1M in Hertfordshire in the early hours of this morning. Police say the car was driven south on the northbound carriageway from Junction 7 at Stevenage, hitting a police car before being stopped between Junctions 4 and 5. The driver was arrested on suspicion of drink driving and dangerous driving. The BBC and Sky have agreed to broadcast a charity appeal for the people of Gaza five years after they attracted thousands of complaints when they rejected a similar request. The BBC says the current situation in Gaza is different, with all sides now in agreement on the need for urgent humanitarian aid. Small businesses in Flittick say the lack of parking around Station Square is affecting their business. Shop owners say they need more free spaces and an extension on the 30-minute parking limit. The government will announce today that trains on London's new Crossrail line could continue to stations in Hertfordshire. The new line is currently being built under the capital. More from Lee Agnew. 
The Transport Secretary, Patrick McLaughlin, says he wants to know if it's feasible to have cross-rail trains running to Hertfordshire when the line becomes fully operational in 2019. It would mean trains from the city and Canary Wharf stopping at Tring, Hemel Hempstead, Berkhamsted and Watford, without passengers having to change at Euston. The government says it would provide reliability while the HS2 line is built and could reduce journey times to London by 15 minutes. In sport, Hertfordshire fast bowler Steve Finn could return to test cricket for the first time in over a year when England play India in the fourth test at Old Trafford today. The weather dry, warm and sunny, maximum temperature 24 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Good wide age range of people. It's up and coming, it's up and coming. There's lots of new developments going on. It's all about where you live. Luckily, there's a train station right on your doorstep so you can get into London quite quickly. And all this week, we're featuring Amptill and Flitic. It's um, got a lot of things going for it. There's lots of positive things. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you hear a whisper... Give us a shout. Hardcore. Morning. Hmm, packed show this morning, huh, guys, huh? So breaststroke is allowed in the pool, but breastfeeding isn't. One Milton Keynes woman found out the hard way. Boris Johnson, the Mayor of London, is in all of the papers this morning. He's going to stand as an MP. He's being linked with places here. He won't be, though. He won't be. It'll be in London. But do you understand the Boris Johnson phenomenon? I don't get it. Can you explain him to me, please? And care home costs have soared. Lots of you have got parents, wives, husbands in care homes. Can anyone really afford it? I'll tell you how much my mum pays in a bit. It is truly outstanding. 08459 455 555 is telephone number if you want to take part, lads. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Two police officers from Bedfordshire have been charged over an alleged assault on an autistic man in Luton. One officer has been charged with racially motivated assault. Both have been charged with assault, perverting the course of justice and misconduct in a public office. It's a story that we featured on this show in the past. Uh, Paul Scoins has got more. Paul, what do we know? Uh, well, this, Ian, relates to an alleged assault on Farouk Ali, who you may have heard on our programme, or being discussed on our programme, uh, for, for quite some time. This happened back in Luton in February 2012. Now, the two officers who've been charged with the uh, with the offences are Christopher Thomas, he's 33, from Welling Garden City. He's been uh, charged in uh, r- relation to racially aggravated assault, assault, perverting the course of justice and misconduct in a public office. And Christopher Pitts, who's 39, from Bedford. Now, he's uh, been charged with uh, perverting the course of justice and misconduct in a public office. So those are the two charges they've um, that, that, that he's received and those are the charges that they both have received. Now, they're going to appear at Aylesbury Magistrate Straits Court on the 1st of September this year and this is all after an investigation by Leicestershire Police into the uh, conduct of these two Beds Police officers 
under the Independent Police Complaints Commission, it's quite normal mm-hmm. for a, another force to start investigating another force. We don't know very much more. We can't say very much more. But uh, John Locke, who is the uh, senior sort of prosecutor for the CPS, the Crown Prosecution Services, said that he's reviewed all the evidence and is satisfied that there's sufficient evidence that uh, it was in the public interest to charge these two officers with these offences. There are several uh, serious investigations in the Bedfordshire Police. Just quickly, Paul, go through what they are, please. Well, these are all, yes, absolutely, under the uh, IP. PCC. Um, we've got uh, s- several investigations into the death of Leon Briggs. We've got uh, f- who died in Luton. There's uh, five police officers, two detention officers who remain under investigation for that. They were interviewed under caution by investigators in February. We've also got the uh, Police and Crime Commissioner for Bedfordshire under investigation into that uh, case because uh, he released information to a third party, so they're investigating for that as well. There's also an investigation in to um, prior contact um, with a, uh, uh, a case of a murder of, of, of Lee, uh, Leonard Flower in Luton and they, uh, they, the police had prior contact with somebody uh, with that after um, uh, he contacted them with information that was on the 20th 21st of October in 2013 so there's that investigation there's another investigation into um, information which was purportedly passed to Beds Police about the uh, paedophile rock star Ian Watkins in 2012 which uh, uh, the IPCC is investigating what exactly the force did with that information after it was passed to them so a number of investigations uh, and, and you know I understand that that has actually the number of investigations actually made morale at the force pretty low. Paul, thank you very much indeed for that. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Small businesses near Station Square in Flittick are losing vital business due to continued parking issues. Shop owners say there's nowhere for staff or customers to park and the few available spaces only allow you to stay for 30 minutes at a time. They say it's had a huge impact on business and they've lost hundreds of customers. Well, in a second we'll speak to uh, Councillor Budge Wells, the Deputy Executive Member for Community Services. But before that, let's speak to uh, one of the business owners. It's Tracy Hines. Morning, Tracy. Morning. Tracy, what, what's your business? Um, I run Eric's Train Place. We sell cards. We sell gifts. We sell. We sell quite a lot, basically. Okay, you sell bits and pieces, I believe. My yeah, mum would call it. What's the parking like around you? Well, obviously, I I don't. I walk to work because I could not possibly park. And um, basically, there's only the thirty minutes by Barclays Bank where you can park. Obviously, for thirty minutes, but. Now that the branch of Barclays is closing Amptel, we've got more and more people fighting for them places, and by the time they've done their banking, they haven't got time to walk over to us. So how is it affecting business? You're losing business. You've got, I've had people say to me, I've drove round and round, couldn't park, didn't bother. So, you know, and people that have actually bothered to walk over, pop into me, pop into the calf or Frisic Flowers, and... They've ended up with a fine. And how long has the parking been like this, Tracy? Um, it was quite bad when we lost a free car park. And then um, I think in the last few months since we've lost Barclays Bank and Amtel, it's become extremely bad. Yeah. And can you see, you know, every month when you, you or every week when you tally up your takings, can you, can you see the effect it's having? Are you losing money? Oh, yeah, we're losing money. We're losing money and you're losing customers and, you know, I just don't know how to, how, you know, how can it be sorted? 
Something needs to be done. There's a florist near you who, yeah. who uh, can't talk to us this morning for personal reasons, but you know her well. It's yeah. affected her as well, hasn't it? Well, in Lorraine's case, she's a florist. She has to deliver flowers, and she's endlessly getting tickets because she has to park, she has to load her van, she has to deliver, but she doesn't. She has nowhere to park. She can only park where she's parking, and then when she gets home, there's a ticket for her, mm. and then you've got to deal with that. Or their suppliers are now getting tickets. There's just, you know, we have nowhere where we can load, unload, or get deliveries. Tracy, what would you like to see done? We, we just need... I, I, I know it's a hard issue because there's not space, but it would be nice if there was a place where suppliers could stay for 10 minutes or we could load up, you know, flies could load her van without worrying about getting a ticket, or if there was anywhere we could have up to an hour's parking so people can do their banking and pop along and come into us. Tracy, stay there. I may come back to you in a couple of minutes. I'm joined now by Councillor Budge Wells, Deputy Executive Member for Community Services at Central Beds Council. Always a very long title, Budge. Uh, You've heard Tracy's uh, issues there. What's your reaction? Well, of course, we... um we want to promote businesses, which is very good for Flitic and for the people who visit. But in terms of parking, we also have a responsibility, A, to uh, make sure that traffic can move freely through uh, a town. And at the same time, of course, we are concerned to provide more parking. And that, in fact, is what we're exactly what we're doing. Uh, down by the station there, we have a site which we bought in uh, 2012 as part of the possible future redevelopment of, of Flitic, and we've got 300 spaces uh, in use, well, of the 300 spaces available, most of them are in use there, which is in addition to the 270 spaces that, of course, are provided by the station car park. Now, I appreciate what your speaker uh, is talking about, is short-term parking, um, but the fact of the matter is that Flitic is a crowded area. Uh, where we've got uh, parking restrictions, it's been well thought out. It's not just been done, you know, offhand. We've made sure that the traffic flows c- can continue in, uh, in those areas, and we're still providing these 300 spaces down by the, uh, by the, by the station. The 30-minute parking, it's not long enough, is it, for people to, to, to get out and, and get into the shops and, you know, go to a few places? It really only gives you time to go into one, maybe two places, doesn't it? Well, yes, uh, that, that is true, but you know, we have to appreciate that it is a very busy uh, town centre and 30 minutes is deemed to be something which will, on balance, um, do the best job for the most people. You've heard there, Tracy, saying that, business is, that her business is suffering, the, the, the florist is suffering. Would you accept that maybe the parking policy isn't quite working as well as you'd hope? Well, we always are willing to review our parking policy. In fact, I'm in the process of doing that right now for the whole of central Bedfordshire. Mm. But we are limited by the space available in Flitwick. Uh, we are trying to provide more spaces, as I've said, 300 of them. Um, I don't really see much more we can do if there's not it's the space available that makes the parking available. Disabled um, people also are being affected, aren't they? Some are being charged for going over time. Is that fair? Well, parking, the cost of parking is designed to attract people to be able to come, know they can come and park and do something. At the same time, if people go over the limit, then they're preventing other people from possibly being able to park there as well. So I'm afraid that's the only recourse you have to ensure that mm. people give every we give everybody a good chance to park 
uh, by having the restrictions. Of course, 30 minutes, if you are in a wheelchair, uh, a lot of that is going to be taken up getting in and out of the car, isn't it? Well, there are blue badge uh, parking spaces right. available according, using the blue badge principles. You, th- those, th- your message, uh, Budge, and I, listen, I know it's a, it's, it's a problem and it's a nightmare, of course, but y- your message to those businesses that are suffering as a result of the parking policy, what would you say to them? We're aware of what you're saying, and we, we will do what we can to improve the parking in Flitwick. There is the possibility of, of, of a future redevelopment scheme. I know that doesn't answer the immediate problem, but part of our reason for buying this site uh, down by the Flitwick station with the 300 new spaces we're providing, uh, was to tie in with the future redevelopment. Now, as that redevelopment takes place, we will be very in the forefront there with planning requirements to ensure that there's as good a parking available as the space will provide. Uh, Councillor, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much, Councillor Budge-Wells. Let's go back to uh, Tracy. You've heard what the councillor had to say. What's your reaction? I can understand what he's saying. I can appreciate what he's saying, but... It doesn't really help, does it? Well, what about these these three hundred parking spaces at the station? I'm not aware of it. Oh. No, I don't think anyone's aware of that. And are they free? <laughs> uh, I, I would doubt that they're free. I would imagine there if you it's go. a station, no one's going to, have to want to pay. pay just to wander over to the high street, are they? Mm. No one wants to pay fifty p in the little car park to yeah. wander. I guess free free parking though is you know if it's near a train station, it's just going to get used up by people who are going off into Milton Keynes or into London. Oh no you know, no no! I mean like it, it was like you had an hour, an hour, but you said about people in wheelchairs. Yeah. They've got to get out of their cars. They've got to get in the bank. Don't forget the bank is busier now, so you're spending more time in the bank, and by the time you're done with your business in the bank or the post office, you haven't got time to look about or pop into me for a 50p card and then get a £30 fine mm. next day. Tracy, listen, thank you very much. Uh, Tracy Hines from Eric's Trading Place. If you know the area, if you're a shopkeeper or a shopper or a resident, 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, traffic's still relatively light. School holidays, of course, so it's always that little bit lighter and there are certainly no major problems that I'm aware of here. No accidents or incidents. The M1 uh, looking pretty good. M25 looks a little bit slow anti-clockwise. Junctions 21 to 20 from the M1 to Kings Langley and 17 to 16 from Maple Cross to the M40. There are delays on the roundabout off Junction 21A at Brickett Wood as well on the A405, but no major problems really as far as I can see. The train's not bad today, though Virgin Trains have been dealing with a trespasser on the line in the Birmingham area, so they say that some trains being diverted or delayed by up to 20 minutes going up towards uh, Birmingham. Doesn't look like it's affecting the London Midland services, though. Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Right, 7.17, it's Thursday the 7th of August, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Two Bedfordshire police officers have been charged over the alleged assault of autistic man Farouk Ali outside his own home in Luton. One of the officers has been charged with racially aggravated assault. A woman from Newport Pagnell is calling for clarity on breastfeeding in public after being told she can't breastfeed at the town's swimming pool. And a man has been arrested after a car was driven the wrong way down the A1M in Hertfordshire in the early hours of this morning. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Introducing. 
Rhythms of the World is one of the biggest and best music festivals the Three Counties has to offer. I think it's fantastic. It's a lot bigger than I thought it would be. And on Saturday, you can hear all of the highlights from an amazing two days with BBC Introducing, with performances by One Bit, Childhood, Josephine and the Artisans. BBC introducing Rhythms of the World highlights. It's amazing, like, as a family festival, everyone just embraces it. Saturday night from 8 here on BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC introducing. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. You know the score, 08459 455 555. Phil's on the line. Morning, Phil. Oh, good morning, Ian. I've got a bit of a serious topic this morning. Oh, blimey. About this guy out in Australia at Stirling Station this, in Western Australia. This is a brilliant story. Let me just do a little recap, Phil. Page 29 of the Sun. Yeah. Uh, it's a fella. He didn't mind the gap at the train station. I, yeah. I've got no idea how he got his leg yeah. caught between the train and the platform. Yeah. He couldn't get it out. So all of the passengers got off and they pushed the yeah. train. Is they ma- pushed it. Yeah, amazing pictures. But the thing I wanted to say was, that I, down, particularly down in South London, the, yeah. the gap between the platform and the train at certain stations it's scary. Oh, some of, the, some of those gaps are huge. They are. I mean, there's two that I mentioned. These are both in South London. East Croydon, yeah. Platform 2. Yes. And okay. Rains Park in South London. Are you the, giving us a public health warning, Richard well, well, Actually, because I mean, as I'm getting a little bit older, you know. You're nearly 80, aren't you? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I'd better say I'm 72. So okay, there so you're are. nearly right. 80, Everybody yeah. knows. Yes. So, but I mean, it is. And you, th- you think to yourself, I mean, they've got a sign up at Rains Park. So walk right down the end of the platform because the gap's not so big down there. Here's the thing, right? I love yeah. about London and I hate about London, right? Yeah. You know, on the underground, yes. you've got the buttons to open the doors that haven't been in service for about, what, 15 years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you still get people stood there pushing the buttons to open the doors. Yeah, I mean, we, in Croydon, we've got the wonderful tram. Oh, dear. And, yeah, no, no, and I mean, the, but you, the, but, the doors do open normally, but there are buttons there for people oh. to press, and people, you know, people do. But, I mean, it, it, it is scary. And another thing I noticed yesterday, the other day when I went down the coast, yeah. that is these levels. Well, not level crossings, but gaps oh, yeah. in the hedges for people to cross oh. the tracks what? for trains. No. Honestly. A gap true. in a hedge? Yes. You're talking rubbish. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not talking here. rubbish. No, I'm not. There's a gap in a hedge for people well, to cross yes. the trains? Well, they are, they are unauthorised no. crossings no. on railway lines. No. Honestly, and I'm no. not kidding. I saw I, it. You are kidding. I'm not. I mean, I saw them coming down there, and I thought to right. myself, surely, it, it, I mean, they're probably for people local, as you know, can't get across. Yeah. But, I mean, when you've got a high-speed train no, coming along... not worth the risk. It isn't. It, it, it is ridiculous. That's why I've got a rather busy day today. Here we go. Look, Phil's about to plug another radio station. Is it all right, can I? Well, yeah, but no. Oh, well, I just want to invite the 3CR listeners, you see. If go they, on, then. If, a three, if any 3CR listeners <sighs> have got dogs, what? and they're coming down to London today... What? Come outside broadcasting house at three o'clock this afternoon you can't no you can't no you can't plug another radio station even if it is bbc london those suckers at bbc london is there a protest or something sorry i was on the phone oh phil's doing something on bbc london with dogs and he wants he wants to steal our listeners you can't have our listeners hang on who's on at three o'clock here roberto oh yeah no hang on come back i'm joking phil for goodness sakes who does i'm not even going to ask who does london now joe good Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Speaking of pushing buttons, we can do this as a phone in. When, when have you? Uh, I'm going to leave it as vague as this. Pushing buttons. Call me now. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Interpret it how you want. I was in the hotel last night. I was in the lift. I was on the third floor. I was going down to the ground floor. The ground floor zero G zero is always the floor to get out of the hotel. Yeah. Couple got in. They were Polish. Not relevant, but maybe it was relevant. She was quite tarty. He was quite big and butch. 
They got in. That's not relevant. Well, I think it is. Oh, hello, we're going to... Wow. Are we doing the accents No. No, it wasn't. Okay, so this is the fella. Is it zero or is it one? Oh, it doesn't matter. He pushes both. I think it does matter, mate. Because it's, it's obviously it's zero, you plum. We're not in America where one is the ground floor. So what do they do in America? Have you ever been to America? No. Really? What? That's... that's right, not, this, this no. conversation... Time out, because I want to yeah. go to our next guest. So many, uh, so many questions. So many questions. You want to be listening to After Half Past Seven to find out how on earth a man... What are you, 38, Paul, 39? I'm 36. OK, how a man in his late 30s has never been to America. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, that's that's the next half hour sorted out. Before that, I want to speak to our next guest, Milton Keynes' mum. So she was told to stop breastfeeding whilst on a visit to a local pool because it broke a no food or drink policy. Yeah, I know. The pool later apologised and said the lifeguard felt she couldn't breastfeed and pay attention to her other children. Well, that mum is Natasha, and Natasha joins me now. Good morning, Natasha. Uh, Good morning. So what happened? Um, well, you have to excuse me, I've got a sore throat and a oh, cold. So. Oh dear, well, okay, you take your time. <laughs> That's right, um, well, I, I got out, I've been in the pool for about an hour or so, and, um, I got out, it was empty, the baby pool, and I got out the pool and went to go and get my daughter's, my baby's, um, towel, and wrapped her up. Yeah. Um, and the man said to, the lifeguard said to my children, oh, um, you're... Um, who are you with? And I was, I was the only one sitting there and the only one in the baby pool. So I said, I said, oh, that's me, you know, their mother. <clears throat> and so he was fine. He kind of, he started walking off. And how old are your other kids? So we got, we got um, the full picture. I've got my, well, I've got four, but I didn't have all my four children. Blimey, I had busy. my baby that was Olive, who's four, uh, five months. Yep. My four-year-old boy, Dominic. Yep. And my nine-year-old daughter, Millie. Okay. Um, and her friend, um, Lily. Okay. Millie and so, Lily, um, yes. Yeah, so we, um, so literally he started walking off because he wasn't concerned at all. So I started walking to the lifeguard and said, oh, excuse me, is it okay if I um, sit, quickly sit down and feed my baby? And he said no. And I was like, oh. And he said no because it's, it's classed as eating and drinking. You're not allowed to feed on, on the poolside. So I was kind of like a bit <coughs> shocked and said, oh, you know, really? He said, yeah, a lady fed last week on poolside and she um people complained a lady complained so it's a new rule that um started on the day before the thursday the 31st meaning no food or drinking on poolside i said but i'm only gonna breastfeed i'm just gonna stick a towel over my head no one will even notice or see um but he said no you can go to the changing rooms or the toilets so i kind of like thought he was joking kind of like just you know i was kind of like really and he said, yeah, so I kind of, I just walked off. I didn't really know what to do. I kind of just walked off, um, and then that was it. I just started getting really upset. And yeah. um, I sat down on the bench and quickly just, you know, wanted to make sure she was okay and wrapped her up. And she started moaning. Um, and I said to my children, we're, we're, you know, we're going to have to get out. Which, to that point, they were sitting on the steps of the pool, which is not deep. It's only in a tiny bit of water. Um, wanted to find out if I was okay, my older, my older daughter. And so I said, because um, I started crying even more, because they asked me if I was okay, I then decided, I just said, just stay here for two minutes. And I was wanted to go and sort myself out, because I, I was quite embarrassed, and yeah. I was hot, and I was shaking, and I was really humiliated that he'd said no, even though the pool was empty, 
There was no one in the baby pool. People were in the other pool, but not many. Um, and so I quickly went into the back of the changing rooms and quickly fed for, like, three minutes. And then I came, I came back. I could hear my children sitting on the steps. And when they come back, he was still there, sitting on the steps, my four-year-old. Had, our, had armbands on, perfectly safe, sitting on the steps with my other daughter. Um, and I then just quickly grabbed them and went to go and get changed because I was obviously still really upset. Um, went to go and get changed and then went to speak to the manager, which he wasn't there. I spoke to an assistant manager and a receptionist called... He was called Tom. Oh, don't, give us, don't give us any of the names. I don't want to know the names. What did, what did they say to you? Um, he said that, um, yeah, there was a new rule. He said, sorry. He said that there was a new rule from since the day before, that new policy saying that you're not allowed to um, have food or drink, breastfeed, you know, on poolside. So um, I said, but it was only feeding. And I said, is that bottle feeding as well? And he said, yes. So it's, class, you know, same thing. It's bottle and breastfeeding. It's not like you're sat there having a Kentucky Fried Chicken or something, is it? <laughs> I know. And I even joked with them and said, I'm not going to get, you know, I'm not going get, to get, get it out and wave it around. I just wanted to hide. Mm. I wasn't going to expose my breast. I wanted to hide with a towel so no one could see. No one would even notice. And I kind of feel silly for even asking. I should have just done it mm. because the few weeks before I did. I just sat oh, on the so side you done, you've done it there before? Yeah, I've done it there. Yeah, I've, I've been going to every Friday since the holiday. Natasha, the, the pool won't come on this morning. They've sent us a statement. Have a listen to this and let's get your, your response to this. Yeah. Uh, this is from Middleton Pool. Natasha accepted that our actions were a sensible and practical solution for ensuring the baby could be fed. Both mother and baby would be comfortable and the slightly older child remained safe under mum's supervision. Basically, they're saying you're happy with the decision and that everything is, is cool between you and the pool. Well, I was, I was happy, and the manager has been phoning me um, every day and having long chats with me on the telephone. Um, and then until I read the statement yesterday, when I phoned him up and said, you've basically lied. Oh. You've covered up by saying that you're um, using my son. The fact that I left my four-year-old in the, on the steps really shallow for, you know as an excuse as to why the man said I wasn't allowed to Yes, their, their, their argument the is that, that they told you you couldn't uh, uh, leave your son unattended in the pool, which I can kind of understand, even the, the kiddie pool, uh, but, but you're saying that, they, that, that the actual point of contention was that you were told you couldn't breastfeed by the Absolutely. pool. Absolutely. If you told me to get out and take my four-year-old son out of the pool, I would have done it. Yeah. But I've been there loads of times before and done exactly the same thing. I've sat on the side and I've fed. And other mums have done it as well. Are That's you, what I can't see. What are you going to do, Natasha? Um, well, I'm a bit too scared to come back to the pool, if I'm honest with you. I am very upset, and I feel as if now I'm going to be alienated for being going back to the pool and, ju- you know, but other people are going to protest, and I will obviously go alongside if I can, if I feel confident enough. Because yeah. obviously it's hurt me, it's upset me. I've never had a negative comment about breastfeeding ever, and, you know, it's my fourth baby and my last, and I'm... It's completely put me off feeding. I won't feed in public. I won't, I'm, you know, start getting all sweaty. And I just, I just don't want to do it. And well. then it's, gonna, it's affecting my baby. Who's, yeah. she's, not, she's not going to be feeding forever. Do you know when this protest is planned for? Um, um, I'm not sure, but it will be. I mean, the manager invited me down on Friday for a cup of tea, but I'm just not... You should say, yeah, I'll come and have a cup of tea, but can I drink it by the pool, please? Yeah. That'll learn him. Yeah. Uh, Natasha, listen, do let us know if you hear any more about this protest. I will uh, And thank you so much for coming on. And, try, uh, you know, uh, I'm still amazed that people, some people get upset by people breastfeeding in public. Apart After giving birth to a child, I can't think of anything more natural. I know. I mean, it's not like I say, I didn't have it out. It wasn't my boobs, never out on display. I was discreet and... 
no, no one normally ever knows that I'm feeding. Natasha, so. listen, I, I really appreciate your story no and, and you, you sharing it with us. Thank you. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. We can hear how it's knocked her confidence. Now there are the, the breastfeeding. Yeah, the, sure, it's got its knockers, but I can't. Oh, come on, guys, come on, guys. I don't see the problem. <laughs> Did I really just do that? That's terrible. I don't see the problem. And I'm so amazed in 2014 we're still having this argument about some people frown on breastfeeding. What do you think? 08459 455555. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, I'm keeping abreast of the situation on the roads at the moment. Ian, the uh, M1 doing OK. A1 looking very slow south towards the Black Cat roundabout. M25 queuing now anti-clockwise. Junctions 18 to 16, so the bit from Chorleywood to the M40. There's not a huge amount else going on, to be honest. School holidays, so traffic always that little bit lighter. Virgin train safe delays still possible up to 20 minutes to the trains running between London and Birmingham through the three counties. London Midland are affected but not by the looks of it on the lines coming through here from what I can see on each of our departure boards. Uh, London Underground on the Jubilee line, uh, Swiss Cottage Station has been closed because of staff shortages. Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. Two Bedfordshire police officers have been charged over the alleged assault of autistic man Farouk Ali outside his own home in Luton. One of the officers has been charged with racially aggravated assault. A woman from Newport Pagnell is calling for clarity on breastfeeding in public after being told she can't breastfeed at the town's swimming pool. And a man has been arrested on suspicion of drink driving after a car was driven the wrong way down the A1M in Hertfordshire in the early hours of this morning. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hertfordshire fast bowler Steve Finn could return to Test cricket for the first time in over a year when England play India in the fourth Test at Old Trafford today. Finn was sent home early from the winter tour of Australia, but is back in the squad in place of the injured Liam Plunkett. The series is level at one all with two Tests to play. In football, Watford are set for a two million pound windfall after former striker Britta Sombolonga left League One Peterborough to join Championship club Nottingham Forest for around five point five million pounds. Watford sold the twenty-one-year-old to Posh for one. 1.5 million a year ago. He scored 33 goals last season. It's thought the Hornets will now earn just over 2 million from a sell on fee, despite a Sombolonga only playing for them four times. Milton Keynes Dons manager Cole Robinson says the return of Samir Carruthers shows the club is building for the future. The 21 year old midfielder has signed a three year deal after joining from Aston Villa for an undisclosed fee. He was on loan at Stadium MK last season, although Robinson says it will be a while before he features this season. He's got a thigh strain, so he's out for four weeks which is a big loss to us but it's, I think people know the reason why I'm at the football club I'm not always about today I'm about tomorrow and, and development and to sign a three year deal for the period of time that he has done I think it's only going to stand us in good stead for the future Elsewhere, Celtic are out of the Champions League after a 6-1 aggregate defeat to Legia Warsaw in qualifying. The Scottish champions, who trailed 4-1 from the first leg, were booed off after a 2-0 defeat at Murrayfield. And Tiger Woods has declared himself fit for the final golf major of the season, the USPGA, which starts later today. But Colin Montgomery is backing the Open champion, Rory McIlroy. When he plays well, he is the best player in the world. I think we have a rightful number one in the world. And I I expect and uh, suspect he's going to go on and win here as well and make that four. Four majors, now he's on his way to, to greatness. 
from a position of, of, of world number one. Now you talk four majors, five majors, six majors. You're talking about the greats of the game. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at eight. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. That's the telephone number. Now, uh, so many things. Uh, my mind is boggling. My mind is doing the boogle at the moment. Uh, I was talking about, I stayed in a hotel and I was on the third floor and I was going to go to the ground floor, zero, to exit the hotel. A young couple got in uh, and uh, the guy said, uh, one or zero, it doesn't matter. I pressed both. Uh, Russian, was he? Polish? Mm-hmm. Polsky. One or zero, it doesn't matter. I pressed both. And I'm thinking, don't press. He pressed one, and the lift stopped at one. They went to get out. Oh, wrong floor. I'm sorry, my babykins. He said to the girl, he didn't say sorry to me. And I'm the one... I'm Maybe the he one, meant you, babykins. But he was looking at her, and if he called me babykins, I would have... Oh, I would have given you... What for? Uh, I think he didn't say sorry to me, you rude, rude man. And then we got to zero, and I stormed out after they'd left, and they couldn't hear me huffing and puffing. And it annoyed me. And I, I hate... There is a real etiquette to lift. And do you know the people I hate the most in the world? No. Uh, they are... It's, it begins with M. M... Moldovans? No. Men who get in the lift as the door is shutting. Oh, OK. So people who get in the lift? When the door is shutting... The quick dash in. The quick dash in that then resets the whole door procedure. It resets the whole door procedure. You have to wait a long time for lift doors to shut these days. Probably health and safety. Going to hell in a handcart is the thin end of the wedge. I blame Europe. But so when the door is shutting, they put their foot in. They come in. Sorry, guys. If they can be bothered to say sorry. Then they press their button, which I want to go to the fifth floor. They want to go to the third floor. Oh, I was here first. You should wait for the lift to come. If you're coming into my lift and you've reset the whole door procedure, then you should at least come up to the fifth floor and then go back down to the third floor. You are adding seconds onto my journey. I think if you can get into the lift, you should be able to get into the lift. I, I think if you're putting your foot in the lift or, uh, you know, you're inserting a part of your body to stop that door no, from closing, no, mate. that's unacceptable. If but the if you door, can squeeze through, no, no it's fine. It's if fine. the door is closing, then the lift off initiation procedure has begun. You are resetting the door procedure, and that is back. And then to then to go to a floor that isn't that is below the floor I'm going to. I think you should <sighs> calm down, Babykins. <sighs> Sorry. I think you should uh, calm down, Babykins. She did say that, didn't she? Mm. Uh, you. Uh, <laughs> I can't be the only one that gets furious at those idiots who don't know how to use a lift. Anyway. Uh, Joyce is in Lee Grave. Good morning, Joyce. Oh, good morning. You know what I'm talking about, don't you, baby? I Kins. do, I yeah. do. I do, and I don't know either if anyone has been in the lift. I've that, been in one. <laughs> I was in one con- yesterday. That's continuously going up and down without any doors. Sorry? Uh, when I went to work once at Bedfordshire... What are you talking I, about? I used the, the store... Lift, oh, not the ordinary lift. This was in the 1930s. You yeah? have to jump. You have to go in. It's, it keeps going round, up yeah. and down, up and down, and you have to just jump in <laughs> while it's this? moving. What was it? Who? It was horrible. <laughs> anyway, coming back to Luton. I, I tell you what, I don't like Joyce. What's that? If we're going to do the Great Lift phone, in, then we're going to do the Great Lift phone, and we're going to do it properly. Right. Foreign lifts. 
I don't trust. American lift, beautiful. The elevator, I love the elevator. The elevator, wonderful. The elevator is a great invention. Just Con- throws you off, doesn't it? Continental lifts? I don't think so. I don't think, I don't trust a French or Italian lift <laughs> or a Spanish lift. Jeez. Listen. You ever met a Spaniard? <laughs> no. Imagine that turned into a lift. <laughs> I'm going back... Manana, baby, manana. I'm going back to Luton Lift, one lift in Luton, oh, yeah. which is in one of our lovely stores called Marks and Spencer. Oh, I've heard of them. Now, if Sandwiches. You, if, you, you can't, if you can't use the escalator, yes. you go up in the lift. Oh, dear. Well, when you're looking to press the button to yeah. go down or down up... or up. It just says on it, naught, naught minus... Naught plus. <laughs> That's it insane! Say, it doesn't say ground, ground. or se- first floor or second floor. That's it's, insane! Well, you you go and have a look. <laughs> I'm not, uh, that's, well, Joyce, listen, thank you very much indeed. The great lift phone-in. The best lifts, the worst lifts, your lift stories, please, dear listener. 08459 455 555. Does it still... Uh, it amazes me to this day that there is still a lift company called Schindler. Schindler's lifts. I mean, it, every day was, I was in a Schindler's lift yesterday. You'd think someone would, you know, is that? I mean, is that the weirdest movie tie-in of all time? Anyway, you've never been to America. No, you're in your late thirties. Early, well, mid. Thirty-six, mate. That's mid. That's that's mid to late. That's not late. That is mid to late. It's sort of mid. When are you thirty-seven? February. Okay, that is mid to late. No, it's mid. It's still well, mid. it's not, it's mate. Still mid. It's still mid. It's mid to late. Okay, it's, it's technically mid. It's technically mid to late. It's, well, thirty is mid to late. You now have to tick. Thirty-eight is mid to late. You now tick the box. What 30, 35 to thirty-nine? I would tick that box. Th- mid to late, mate. <laughs> That's not mid to late. Well, thirty-nine is late. That's late. You're in the mid to late region. I'm... Congratulations. I dispute that. You've never been to America. No. How is that? Right, Ellis, how old are you? 24. <laughs> Why is that funny? I don't know. Uh, you've been to America, yeah? Yeah, many times. Many, many a time, right? Many a time. I've been to America well, many a time. Someone, yeah. Someone's left out. What? Point at him. Point, Point at the person. Laugh. Ha- right, here we go. Let's do something. Hands up if you've been to America. Me and Ellis. Oh. Hands up if you've not been to America. Oh. You've never been to America! How? How is that even humanly possible? The greatest country in the world after the Japanese. Not true. It is really cool. Uh, I'm not disputing that. I've chosen to go to other places. Like where? Where? Germany. Oh yeah, that's it. Good yeah. Been there lots of times. Oh yeah, Germany's good yeah. Germany, Germany is better than America. Yeah, nein, nein, kleiner, kleiner, better than American. I went the other way. I went to Australia and New Zealand. Oh, Australia and New Zealand. I want to go to New Zealand so badly. Yeah, well, I'm quite exactly. jealous now. Well, see, yeah. There you well, are. New Zealand, listen, mate, I've got relatives. How long were you in America for? I've been loads. I've worked in America. I've filmed in America, long, sometimes legally, how, sometimes illegally. How long were you there for? It depends. Which, which part? Any part. Been loads of places. Right. New York, San Diego. Oh, I haven't been to San Diego. Why I did I say that? Chose not to. San I Francisco. Lived, lived in Australia. I've, got I've been there too. Thank you. Uh, in San Francisco, there's uh, an area called... You'd like this. It's called Knob Hill. Why would I like that? Because... You like hills, don't you? I do like hills. I <laughs> know oh. oh, I do. I go walking. Knob Hill is a great hill. I think Paul would like that. You could, go, you could climb right to the top of Knob Hill. <laughs> you could be the king of the castle. You could be the king of Knob Hill. <laughs> king of knobs. Well done. 
I, I haven't been to America. I've, I've, I'm not ruling it out. But I have, not, I've got family from to... New Zealand. Family who live in New Zealand. So have I. Never been. Really? Never Where's going. You... Oh. You're never going? No. Why? Flight's too long. And it's New Zealand. Did they... Okay, what TV programmes come from New Zealand? Um, let me think. The A-Team, Knight Rider, <laughs> um, Automan, Street Hawk. Oh, no, hang on. None of those things. They all came from America. Let's think of some famous New Zealanders. Uh, Mr T, um, <laughs> Bill Clinton, um, uh... Uh, William Shatner. He's Canadian. <laughs> Uh, so no, no famous New Zealanders, no great TV programs from New Zealand. Oh, they film, they film the Hobbit there. Oh, okay. it's Lord of the Rings. I can't. Oh, go Lord to of the Rings, it's filming there. Shall I tell you why I can't go to America? Oh, is it really? Go on. Because I've been to Cuba, and you get a stamp in your passport. Yeah. Saying Cuba. Yeah. They don't let you in. They do let you in. They don't let you. They, they do let you in. They don't let you in. Americans go to Cuba now. No, they don't. They can't. Yes, they do. That's why, that's why, that's why Cuba what? is the number one holiday destination for all Canadians. You're so wrong. <laughs> Americans go to Cuba now. No, they're Canadians. No, they're Americans, eh? <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. Do you know how you tell the difference between um, a New Zealander and an Australian? It's not a joke. This is actually science. You, you get them to say fish and chips. Mm-hmm. What do Australians say? Fish and chips. What do Kiwis say? Foss and chips. No. Fush and chops? Fush and chops. That's what I said. You didn't, you said fush and chips. Okay. Can I have some fush and chops? They don't say it like that. That was Scottish. I'd like some fush and chops. Uh, an email is coming from Derek. Ellis? Who on earth is Ellis? Where is Kelly? Where is Alice Glossop? Bring back Catherine. Okay. Um, so you've never been to America? No. One of my great ambitions is to be stuck in a lift in America. and to be Because in America they rescue you by climbing down the shaft. They climbed out. They. If you're stuck in a lift, they climb down your shaft and they take the lid off. They get you up. I've been to Italy several times. I like the lifts in the Titanic film with the yeah, they shutters. Were, they weren't that effective, though, were they? No. Not when you're at the bottom of the sea. No. You've been where, Paul? Italy. Good for you. Well done. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Your lift stories. Now, it sounds like a dullen. It won't be because I know, dear listener, I know. You know, you're one step away from doing the where have you been phone in. That is not bad. (laughs) Where have you been? Do that. We're not doing that. Where have you been and how are you feeling today? 0845. (laughs) Feel awful. Tell us more. Oh, dearie me. Well, once when I was doing a phone show, people always phone up and, you know, it's a, it's a knee-jerk reaction, isn't it? Oh, how are you? And one show I made a point of telling them exactly how I was, and I wasn't in a good space at that time. Oh. Uh, they soon stopped asking. Okay. They soon stopped asking. Your lift stories, please, uh, and, and pressing buttons. I know it's quite vague. Sometimes I like it when it's vague, because I know you won't let me down. Also, what on earth is the British fascination with Boris Johnson, the Mayor of London? 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. I got stuck in a lift in Mallorca when I was four. I don't know if that counts. Um, now, not that bad on the roads at the moment. Most of the major routes seem to be moving uh, pretty well. School holidays this week, so traffic's been a little bit lighter, though the M25 is queuing anti-clockwise. Junction's 18 to 16, so the bit from Chorleywood to the M40, and it's busy on the roundabout off Junction 21A on the A405 at Brickett Wood as well. That's getting extra busy. Then the A41 Northwestern Avenue just off.
off the A405 uh, looking uh, very slow. There's a bit of an eastbound queue as you go towards the North Watford Cemetery, that sort of area, uh, looking very, very busy at uh, the moment. Uh, also on the speed sensors, I can see a section of the A414 uh, towards the St Albans Road High Street uh, roundabout at London Coney that's looking very slow. There's a queue on Breakspear Way on the A414. Um, both directions actually not far off of Junction 8 of the M1. So that's uh, starting to busy up now. A Virgin trains say there are still delays to some of the trains going up to Birmingham because of a trespasser earlier on. Delays they reckon up to 20 minutes, Ian. Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Russell. 7.46. It's Thursday the 7th of August. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Two Bedfordshire police officers have been charged over the alleged assault of autistic man Farouk Ali outside his own home in Luton. One of the officers has been charged with racially aggravated assault. A woman from Newport Pagnell is calling for clarity on breastfeeding in public after being told she can't breastfeed at the town's swimming pool. And a man has been arrested after a car was driven the wrong way down the A1M in Hertfordshire in the early hours of this morning. Right, let's get the weather. Here's Wendy. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. And what a morning it's been so far. Beautiful conditions out there. We're expecting sunshine through the afternoon as well. There's a very small chance of a shower cropping up here or there, but most of us will have a dry day and we'll get highs of about 23, 24 degrees, something like that. So it's not half bad, really. Then throughout the night, for the first part at least, it will be dry and clear. There will be temperatures holding at 16 or 17 degrees, though, so it's going to be pretty uncomfortable for sleeping. And then by tomorrow morning we'll see much more cloud in the sky and I should think parts of um, the three counties we're talking just just off the M25 south of the counties we are going to have uh, some rain beginning around sort of 6am and that's going to pulse up from the south on and off throughout the day tomorrow in between those pulses of rain it's going to stay pretty cloudy and it will feel cooler as well with a high of about 20 degrees in a spot like Bedford through the tomorrow afternoon now it's enough for the Met Office to have us covered by a yellow weather warning mainly if the further east you are through the day tomorrow because some of this rain could lead to some rather large puddles Saturday's a respite it looks like it will be largely fine with a temperature of about 22 degrees. Sunday at the moment could be unseasonably wet and windy, all thanks to ex-Hurricane Bertha, or a low-pressure system as she will arrive to us at that point. And it's worth listening out for the forecast over the next few days as we firm up the details on that. She just keeps changing her mind at the moment. That's how it's looking for now. Thank you very much. With football, no day is just a day. December. It's a day where memories are made. We've got to control what we can control and beat Torquay, and that's uh, that's all we can do. May the 3rd, 2014. It's finished here at Wickham Wanderers. They have survived on BBC Three Counties Radio. Wickham Wanderers have won 3-0. Bristol Rovers have been beaten, and those Wickham fans are to our right-hand side. To get a club like Wickham Wanderers to survive on the last day of the season, it was fantastic. With Three Counties Sport, we'll make every day memorable. The 2014-2015 season starts this weekend on BBC Three Counties Radio. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Respect to the boss. Scott's tweeted. Uh, Scott says, I've been to Spain. Oh, sorry, I should do it in his voice. I've been to Spain, France, Scotland, Greece, Ibiza, Wales, Hungary, Italy, Holland and Cornwall. Thank you for that, Scott. Andrew's in Bedford. Morning, Andrew. Good morning, Ian. What would you like to say? Oh, blimey. What would you like to say? I've got to defend the Scoinsmeister this morning. Oh, for goodness sakes. Go on. 
I, I can't see any fascination with America. It's full of Americans for a start off, and yeah. there's so many of them got guns, and they're, they're, it's such a, a place where you mean there's got these rednecks and nutters going around with guns, and and kids going around with guns. I mean, did what? you see that film the other night about children with guns in America? No. What film was that? It was it was on the on the telly. Have a do- documentary, right? And uh, there's three thousand children are injured or killed every year. Yeah, but there's 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 something like um, eighty eight hundred million people live there. Yeah, but three thousand children a year are killed or injured yeah, by guns. But that's a tiny percentage. There's like eight hundred million people living there. These, these. I mean, there was one year a six-year-old kid going around with a, a semi-automatic rifle. Well, that's insane. But 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 America is still. I would say America is probably the third best country in the world. It's a lovely country. Beautiful scenery. Beautiful, beautiful, and very friendly people. There's only one big drawback with it. Sorry. There's only one big drawback with it. Ian. If it's the ki- if you say kids with guns, I'll no, shoot no. himself. It's full of Americans. Yeah, okay, Andrew. Thank you very much indeed. He, he opened with the gag. He closed with the gag. Good for he. Good for he. Is saying things like that the last acceptable form of racism? America, the Americans aren't a race, mate. We've had this. We've had this before. Americans are not a race, just in the same way that the Welsh are not a race. Okay, true. They're an ethnicity. Re- xenophobia. Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, he's wrong. America is the third best country in the world. Do you want to know the top two? Mm. Okay, fine. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. If you want to uh, give us uh, a call, you're more than welcome to. We're talking uh, about America for some reason. Paul Squins has never been to America. I find that amazing. I find that amazing. We're also asking for your lift stories, please. And after eight, I, I really want uh, the front page of all the newspapers. I think it's all the newspapers. Boris Johnson, the Mayor of London, to stand as an MP. Boris Johnson, Boris Johnson, Boris Johnson and his wonky teeth. Boris Fever, says the Daily Mail. Tories rush to join his bandwagon as he launches Commons' comeback. I don't get the fascination with Boris Johnson. I don't understand it. He's not an idiot. He's not a buffoon. That's all That's all um, pantomime. And are people... Falling for that? Are people really buying into his buffoonery? Because I tell you what, it ain't real. In fact, well, I don't want to say he's a nasty piece of work. That would be unfair. But if you look deeply into his background, it is certainly checkered, isn't it? So can can you explain to me the fascination that Britain seems to have with Boris? And even people who don't like his politics... Seem to like him. Can you try and sell Boris Johnson to me, please? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. On FM, AM, online, and digital radio. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. New research has revealed that care home costs have gone up 50, 54% more than pensioner incomes in the last year. The average cost of a single room in a residential care home is now approaching £28,700. That's more than double the average pensioner's income. It leaves those needing to pay for residential care tackling an income shortfall of £282 a week. That's according to a study by Prestige Nursing Plus Care. Well, Nadra Ahmed is chairman of the Care Homes Association. Good morning, Nadra. 
Hello, morning. Uh, so, care homes... Uh, well, I'm confused. My mum's in a care home, and man alive, she's paying a whole lot more than this. Uh, but um, you have to pay if you've got assets, don't you? And when your assets fall below a certain amount then the council t- step, step in and take over. Is that right? That's absolutely right. My mother's in a care home too, so and she's paying a lot more than what's been quoted here. But, um, yes, if you've got assets of um, less than 23,200, I think it is, um, uh, you uh, will get your fees paid um, by a local authority. Above that... Um, you meet your own fees. And if you've got a home, you'd, you'd have to, obviously, that's part of your asset base. Yeah, so you, you have to sell your home. You have to, uh, you know, basically spend your savings uh, until you get to, to, to below that threshold. <laughs> yeah, and part of me kind of, th- it's a tough one, and I've looked into this a lot. Part of me kind of thinks, well, that's not fair. My mum uh, saved up all her life, paid her mortgage, has lots, had a lot of savings in the bank, and she's getting the same treatment as someone who kind of frittered it all away. It's an odd situation, isn't it? It is an odd situation. When I used to run care homes, I think this was always an issue because um, people, you know, you set a price as a care home provider that, that this is the unit cost of your service. Um, and um, and actually, uh, residential care is around £350. That's the average, mm. 350 360 That's residential care. And the figure that this is quoting, this 550 uh, I think is, is nursing care. They're looking at dementia nursing care. Um, um, which works out about two, £23 a day, which is somewhere around the region of um, uh, £3 an hour. So when you kind of look at it in, in relation to that, this is buying full 24-hour yeah. care. What worries me um, ab- about all of this statistically is that you've got an in- a situation where pensioners' income is less, but if they haven't got 23000 so the, the study is a little bit misleading. Mm. If you haven't got 23000 um, if you're just living on a pension, you will, if primarily that's all you've got, then you will be paid for. By yes, this is, this, is a, this may sound a little bit alarming to some people who think, oh gosh, I, I haven't got anywhere near that. I'm never going to be looked after should I require it. It's not, that's not actually the case, is it? No, it's not. No, and, and I think that's why it's a little bit misleading. Um, so if you don't have 23,000 um, in, the, in the bank, then, then presumably if you're just living on a state um, pension you're not going to have anything like that um, this is more alarming for those people who have got assets probably and they're, go- they're going to have to think well if, if my you know if, if, if my house is worth you know if I've got equity of 100,000 or whatever that's only going to buy me so many years of of care um, if, I, if I want to care of that level but you and I know because we've got mums in care mm. homes that that's nowhere near you know we're, we're generally looking around the a thousand pounds a week if one thing on the type of care. Uh, one thing I noticed, uh, yeah, my mum's is, uh, h- here's a figure for you guys, my mum's is just under £1,300 a week. It's, it's incredible amount of money. Uh, but here's the thing as well, uh, because she's self-funded, uh, and there are people in her care home who are funded by the council, the council have kind of said, we're not going to pay any more increases. So my mum's rent was going up annually by a significant percentage, and the council uh, uh, funded people, they're, 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 uh, it, it wasn't being increased. So, in many ways, the private, privately funding people were subsidising those who were being funded by the council. I mean, I, I, I'd have to kind of, um, I'd have to, quite, 
qualify that a little bit because actually the subsidy comes out of the provide the provider makes the choice right the unit cost is a unit cost so if in your in your you know i'm presuming this is probably a corporate service that they're in but if it's 1300 pounds then they have decided that's what it costs to look after an individual in their care home now local authority will say will have said to them well we're not going to pay that but if you want to have a contract with us we we will pay 700 pounds for for, for argument's sake so the provider has made the decision to to keep in with that council um by by having some beds allocated so they've made the decision so the subsidy isn't isn't a subsidy it's actually a discount to to individuals and this is where i'm a bit worried because i think to myself how long does that discount go on for uh, before it creates an instability within within the service because you're not they're not being so you know your mum's not being served steak and and everybody else is having um i don't know you know shepherd's pie they're all getting getting the same treatment of course yes they're getting exactly the same treatment so the provider's decision now that's that in a corporate service very often that can be that can be subsumed in in ways because it's economy of scales Mm. but in a 10 15 20 bedded service that begins to start to tell because the provider needs the care the the um council uh, um, funded individuals because they're coming through uh, from hospitals and things so they, they've discounted it but actually they can then only afford to have maybe a quarter of their people can be um, funded by, through the council so that's their kind of um, discounted clients so what's going to happen to everybody else now listen i'm sorry to end it there it's, i could talk about this all morning it's something that, that obviously i'm personally interested in and fascinated by thank you very much that's nadra ahmed chairman of the care homes association travel news for beds cards and bugs bbc three counties radio well, thankfully, I'm not aware of any accidents or incidents going on. Still very busy on the M25, particularly on the anti-clockwise side, although it does look like it's eased a little bit, but particularly around uh, Junction 19 to 16, it's looking a little bit slow in patches from Watford to the M40, especially around Junction 18. Uh, by the looks of it, then uh, there are some delays on the A41, A405 just off Junction 21A. Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Russell, thank you very much. Sorry I didn't give you much time. We'll give you more time next. Time. Time. Boris Johnson, I don't get it. Do you? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, police officers charged over alleged assault on autistic Luton man. Mum told not to breastfeed at Newport Pagnell swimming pool and man arrested for driving the wrong way down Hertfordshire Motorway. BBC Three Counties Radio. Two Bedfordshire police officers have been charged over the alleged assault of an autistic man outside his own home in Luton. It's claimed 33-year-old Farouk Ali was dragged and punched as he watched dustmen empty his bins. More from Jane Killick. Following pressure from... From Mr Ali's family, an investigation was undertaken by Leicestershire Police. 33-year-old Christopher Thomas from Welling Garden City will appear in court at the beginning of next month, charged with racially aggravated assault. 
He's also accused of perverting the course of justice and misconduct in public office, along with a second police constable, 33-year-old Christopher Pitts from Bedford. A woman from Newport Pagnell is calling for clarity on breastfeeding in public after being told she can't breastfeed at the town's swimming pool. Natasha Barnett was asked not to feed her daughter because of a no-food-or-drink rule and because the lifeguard felt she couldn't pay attention to her other children. I feel as if now I'm going to be alienated for being going back to the pool. But other people are going to protest and I will obviously go alongside if I can, if I feel confident enough. Because obviously it's hurt me, it's upset me. I've never had a negative comment about breastfeeding ever and, you know, it's my fourth baby and it's completely put me off feeding. I won't feed in public. A man has been arrested after a car was driven the wrong way down the A1M in Hertfordshire in the early hours of this morning. Police say the car was driven south on the northbound carriageway from Junction 7 at Stevenage, hitting a police car before being stopped between Junction four and five. The driver was arrested on suspicion of drink driving and dangerous driving. The BBC and Sky have agreed to broadcast a charity appeal for the people of Gaza five years after they attracted thousands of complaints when they rejected a similar request. The BBC says the current situation in Gaza is different with all sides now in agreement on the need for urgent humanitarian aid. The government will announce today that trains on London's new Crossrail line could continue to stations in Hertfordshire. The new line is currently being built under the the capital. It would mean trains from the city and Canary Wharf stopping at Tring, Hemelhempstead, Berkhamstead and Watford without passengers having to change at Euston. Small businesses in Flittick say the lack of parking around Station Square is affecting their business. Shop owners say they need more free spaces and an extension on the 30-minute parking limit. Central Bedfordshire Council say they're reviewing the policy but are limited by the space available in the town. Tracy Hines says it's had a huge impact. We have double the traffic come in. You have only can park on one side of the road for half an hour, so by the time someone's been in the bank, post office, they have no time to visit our local businesses. You know, so customers down and profits down. In sport, Hertfordshire fast bowler Steve Finn could return to test cricket for the first time in over a year when England play India in the fourth test at Old Trafford today. The weather dry, warm and sunny, maximum temperature 24 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a small town so you can come here and do all your shopping. And all this week we're featuring Amptill and Flittick. Amptill is a fantastic Georgian town which is an absolutely brilliant place to live. It's all about where you live. When I first lived here I think there was about 5,000 population. I think it's about 45 now. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. The last hour of the show, and boy, have we got a lot for you. Coming up, Boris Johnson, not him actually, but... I don't understand the fascination. The Emperor is naked, guys. He's got no clothes on. Can't you see that? Can you sell Boris Johnson, Mayor of London, to me? So, your lift stories. And we watch as Justin Dealey runs around the building trying to find the woody that I've hidden somewhere. That's right, I've hidden his recording equipment somewhere in this building, which he needs now to record a report. Will he find it in time? He's just heading back down the corridor. Walking towards the studio and opening the studio door. Now he's loitering outside because the red light's on and he's a professional. 
professional plum, that is. Here he comes. He's walking into the studio now. Sorry? Where's my wood? You're looking for, you're looking for your woody? Yeah, where's yeah. the wood? It's not where's in here. Wood? It's not in here. Gutted. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. You right, just? Oh, boss. What's your beef? Well, where, where's my Woody? Sorry. Where's my Woody? It's been hidden in a very secret place. So you're telling me that the car's been destroyed by various programmes over the weekend, <laughs> yes. uh, and now you've stolen my Woody. We can't say which programme destroyed the car, but let's hope that that um, quest mm. for treasure was uh, yes, successful. Yes. And, uh, yeah, Miss Khan. Yeah, thank you. Yes, thank you very much indeed. And you've lost your Woody now. Mm. Yeah, where's my Woody? I was genuinely, uh, genuinely angry. Where's the wood? Sorry? Where's the wood? It's all right. Calm down. It's just I mean, a little... This is a Wood and Douglas uh, remote broadcast equipment. Oh, for <laughs> <laughs> Just in case anyone's oh, wondering. Scoins, it's lifted me. Scoins, please keep okay. out of this, mate. I'm having a little bit of bants with Dealey. OK. OK. He's having a little bit of bants with Dealey, mate. It's bants, all right? Yeah. We're having some bants. Dealey, calm down. It's a joke, mate. OK. Flipping hell. Right. Can you crack on? It's in the disabled toilet. OK, thank you. Cheers. Well, that backfired spectacularly. Thanks. Thank you, mate. Thanks right. for enjoying the light-hearted bounce of the show. Thanks, Coins, for um, just really just killing the mood there. Actually, I don't think I'm allowed in that toilet. You have to find I'm not someone, disabled. You have to find someone in the wheelchair to get in there for you. <clears throat> Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Police officers from Bedfordshire have been charged over an alleged assault on an autistic man in Luton. One police officer has been charged with racially motivated assault, one with assault. Both have been charged with perverting the course of justice and misconduct in a public office. Paul, you've been looking into this. Tell tell us what we know about this story, please. Okay, this relates to Farouk Ali, who's an autistic man uh, in Luton uh, in February 2012. So... What we know is pretty much what you've just said. Christopher Thomas, who's 33 from Running Garden City, he's been charged with racially aggravated assault, assault, perverting the course of justice and misconduct in a public office. The other officer, Christopher Pitts, he's 39 from Bedford, he's been charged with perverting the course of justice and misconduct in a public office. They'll be uh, uh, going before Aylesbury Magistrates Court on the 1st of September. And this is a review which has been conducted by Leicestershire Police on behalf of the IPCC, the Independent Police Complaints Commission. So that is the process at the moment. They've been investigating Beds Police and that's pretty much what they released late yesterday afternoon. Uh, This is one of a number of serious investigations, isn't it, into Bedfordshire Police? There's a number. There's several relating to the death of Leon Briggs. There's a number of officers who remain under investigation for that. Uh, Also the Police and Crime Commissioner who is under investigation for releasing some information relating to that case. There's also another investigation by the IPCC into uh, sort of police contact with a man prior to the murder of Leonard Flower in Luton. Uh, There's also another Another investigation into the force's handling of information from a a member of the public uh, who apparently reported some allegations of child abuse against Ian Watkins, who was the paedophile rock star uh, to the force in October 2012. So I think that makes Mm. four or five uh, independent police complaint commission uh, investigations. How long do these things tend to go on for? Well, they can go on for some time. I mean, some are ongoing from... 
sort of as far back as 2013. Right. Um, they take as long as they take. Okay. So, um, but this is now moved into the realms of the Crown Prosecution Service. So we have a definite date that these two officers will go before the court at the beginning of September. Okay. Thank you very much, Paul. Of course, we will bring you uh, any more news on that as and when. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Johnson, what's the deal? He's managed to attain one of the most influential jobs in Britain. He's Mayor of London. He's known for his being silly on Have I Got News For You, hanging from zip wires and being a buffoon. But he's not, is he? He's not a buffoon. He's a very, very intelligent, clever, calculating man. Well, he's on the front page of the newspapers today because he said he's going to go back into uh, becoming an MP. He wants to become an MP. There's speculation it might be a seat in beds, hearts and bucks. I'll tell you now, dear listener, it won't be. It'll be London... It'll probably be Uxbridge. Particularly if he's going to be Mayor of London for the same time, for at least a year. It will have to be in London. Uxbridge is a very, very safe seat. Justin, you've been out getting uh, reaction about Boris Johnson today. What, what have people been saying? Well, uh, talk of Hartsmere in the future. I've been uh, in Radnett this morning asking people how they would feel if Boris was their local MP in the near future. This contains a fantastic and unique quote, this package. Have a listen to this. I hope to God not. We deserve better. Why do you deserve better? It's a dreadful weasel is that he's an insult to weasels. I think he's a great guy. I, uh, I like his policies, I like his approach mm-hmm. and uh, I wouldn't mind having him as a, an MP if he wanted to sit here. I've just spoken to a lady who described him as uh, an insult to weasels. Uh, why do you think some people have, have really got it in for him? He comes over as a bit of a buffoon <laughs> but I think uh, behind everything he's very, um, very clever. He's great for the country. I love him. (laughs) (laughs) You say he's great for the country. Would he be great for local people? If he was to become MP for Hartsmere in the near future, would that be great for the local people or an embarrassment? It'll be great. Because he does anything he does, he does it for passion. He does it from his heart. He he feels his job. You can see it. He's just very passionate about whatever he says he's very passionate about. A lot of people think that he's thick. But that's an act, isn't it? Come on. No, no. Um, Him and Prince Charles have got something in common, and that is um, they both sort of... They talk like this, but they're not thick. Good impression, by the way. (laughs) Thank you very much. Take care. Um, Well, I think he'd certainly be high profile, and I think he'd be excellent for this area. Anybody that says he's a buffoon, what do you think about those people? Yeah, I think he's a bit of an actor, but I think he's got a very good brain, and he'd certainly give us a very high profile, which we need. You want him, don't you? Yes. By the way, lots of hairdressers here as well, so you could uh, could sort him out then, couldn't you, locally? (laughs) Yeah. Justin, thank you very much indeed. We'll speak to you a bit later on. Uh, joined by Mike Smithson from Bedford, who runs the political betting website, politicalbetting.com. Morning, Mike. Good morning. I don't get Boris Johnson. For, it, it is the Emperor's new clothes for me. I, I, I can see that he's naked, but people, people seem to love him. They seem to buy into that buffoonery, don't they? There is, like, your, your selection of uh, interviews there was great. It really sort of showed that he's very much a Marmite politician. You have people either loathe him intensely or they, they, they love him in t- intensely. Um, my view, I think you're right as you, in your introduction, I think Hartsmith is probably not going to be where he's going. Uh, the Sun's writing a story this morning suggesting that the deals are being done for Uxbridge, which is in the greater London area. Um, but I think that uh, he's going, I, I think it's not going to be as easy for Boris as people think. He's gone on public record 17 times in the last uh, two years saying that he would, if he was elected mayor, as 
that he was going to go and serve his time out and would not stand at the 2015 general election. Uh, And it's going to be quite hard for him to finesse that. When he was pressed yesterday uh, uh, by various people, I thought his his answer sounded a bit sort of uh, contrived and feeble. And I think that uh, he's opened up as a hostage to fortune there. But but he always, he seems to dodge all of the bullets. You know, all of the, uh, the, the, he's one of the few MPs who's managed to withstand a, a, a cheating on his partner's story. There are all kinds of shadows and murky things in his past, but he just seems to keep on going and getting more and more popular, doesn't he? Indeed, but I think that uh, there, is a, there is a difference between even being at Mayor of London and, and, shall we say, coming into Parliament and seeking to run for leadership of the Conservative Party, which is what this is all about, uh, where I think that he will be turned over by, by, the, by, the, by the media. He would be turned over in a very, very big way. Uh, there was a, there was a, a great interview uh, which Eddie Mayer did on, uh, on BBC TV about six months ago with, 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 uh, with, with Boris, which was unbelie- it's excruciatingly embarrassing because um, Mayer had a very well, all, the, all his foibles, he had all of them listed, all the allegations that had come from the past, uh, and, 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 and Boris just squirmed and was not really able to cope with it. So I'm, not, I'm, 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 I'm far from convinced that uh, he, 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 he would make the leadership. We're going to. It's funny you mention that. We're going to play a little bit of that interview after half past eight. Cause you're right; it does make incredible listening. Uh, I was going to say, I, I, I'm assuming you've closed betting on him wanting to be the leader of the, the Conservative Party, but but you're not convinced that he can do it. Uh, I'm not convinced, but uh, on the other hand, uh, the, the the bookies and the the betting market since his announcement yesterday have moved very sharply to Boris, and he's uh, he's a very strong favourite. Uh, there's another thing you must remember that whoever is the strong favourite to be the next Tory leader never gets it. Oh, is, is that is that the press? Is that been set as a precedent before? Oh yes, it's got. This goes back twenty. It goes back fifty years actually. Um, remember when Michael Heseltine was 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 going to be the great the great saviour in 1990. Remember when Michael Portillo was going to win the leadership in 2001. Mm. Uh, John Major came from absolutely nowhere when he 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 got it, and these. Margaret Thatcher's uh, victory when she got it in 1975, that again was a, a massive surprise. So whoever is the favourite never gets it. And that's, 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 that's my approach to this. Mike, I appreciate your thoughts this morning. Mike Smithson from Bedford uh, runs the political betting website, politicalbetting.com. We'll play a bit from the Eddie Mayer interview in about uh, 20 minutes' time. It's fascinating. Boris Johnson, I don't, I don't get it. I, I, I can see that the buffoonery, the hair, the hosting of Have I Got News For You, it's all, it's all an act. It's an act, isn't it? He's an actor. He's a really good actor. 08459 555555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, thankfully, I'm not aware of any accidents at the moment. Traffic is starting to busy up a little bit here and there. It's still lighter than normal because of the school holidays, but there are delays here and there. The M1 doesn't seem too bad. The A1M, though, looking very busy southbound around Junction 7. The A602 at Stevenage, centre of Stevenage, looking very busy uh, now as well. Uh, there are some delays on the M25 as well, queuing anti-clockwise in patches between Junctions 19 and 16 from Watford to the M40. You can see some delays on the A418 going from Wing down to the... Uh, sort 
sort of Abbots Ripton uh, Wingrave turn. That section going towards Bedford uh, very very slow. Uh, it looks like traffic's queuing each way on the A505 um, just on the Dunstable side of the M1. So on uh, on Hatter's Way that queuing in both directions the, by the looks of things. Uh, Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Russell. Right, it's 8.17, it's Thursday the 7th of August, I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The government is announcing this morning that trains on London's new Crossrail line could continue to stations in Hertfordshire. Two Bedfordshire police officers have been charged over the alleged assault of autistic man Farouk Ali outside his own home in Luton. One of the officers has been charged with racially aggravated assault. And a woman from Newport Pagnell is calling for clarity on breastfeeding in public after being told she can't breastfeed at the town swimming pool. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you hear a whisper, guess give us our shells. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Good wide age range of people. It's up and coming, it's up and coming. There's lots of new developments going on. All this week we're featuring Amptill and Flitig. It's a small town so you can come here and do all your shopping. Only friendly. Oh, it's got everything you want. Inviting everyone to where you live. I would say it's it's a very vibrant place. There's lots of facilities here. It's just a lovely place to live. Everybody's friendly. If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. Hampton is a fantastic Georgian town. Flitick is a good community, small town with everything you need there, from a supermarket to a swimming pool. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks from BBC Three Counties Radio. On August the 4th, 1914, Britain declared war on Germany. This year we'll see many commemorations to mark the centenary of the start of the First World War. As part of that, the BBC has launched a project called World War One at Home, looking at how our towns and cities played their part in the war effort. Burkhamstead in Hertfordshire was the key training ground for potential officers with the Inns of Court Regiment, and the legacy they left can still be seen on the common, where the remains of training trenches are still visible. Tara Gungafel has been to have a look and got a guided tour. The trenches continue as far as the eye can see, which is quite astonishing. <laughs> 13 kilometres of trenches were dug on Berkhamstead Common. They were the work of the Inns of Court Officers Training Corps, nicknamed the Devil's Own. Rachel Sanderson from the Chiltern Conservation Board and local archaeologist Alex Thompson take a walk along the 500 metres that remain today. It was September 1914, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Errington from the Officer Training Corps, the OTC, was given the task of actually creating a training camp in Berkhamsted. With this very large common here, they had the space to practice the different elements of warfare they needed, whether it was using equipment, digging trenches, fording rivers, night operations, all the things that they would be doing when they went to the Western Front. And also, in the Chilterns, the geology is the same. So the men there were digging through sands and gravels that were on top of a chalk geology. The main camp in Berkhams itself um, was absolutely ideal. You had access from the main railway station that would enable them to bring horses and cavalry to the area, and they had two squadrons of cavalry in Berkhamsted. All equipment was able to be brought in, and of course when men went home on leave, it was quite ideal for them to hop on the train and get to London. And it was like... <laughs> Rachel just said that with the clay and boulder clay that you've got here and the flints, naturally enough the water couldn't drain away. So 
you had conditions very, very similar to what they would have encountered in France, where you've got a foot of water in the bottom of the trench that they had to actually wade through. Um, and this really gave them very, very good practice indeed. I think we can't overlook the fact that the conditions the men fought in were horrendous. And of the men who were trained in Berkhamsted and went on to serve in other regiments, more than half of them were casualties by the end of the First World War, with more than 2,000 men being killed. And as a percentage, that's absolutely horrendous. We're back in France with the rain. The thing that people don't seem to appreciate is that if you had been in London in the Inns of Court doing their training and were suddenly plonked in the middle of Ashridge beaches at the dead of night without a light in sight, it would, would have brought home to them quite quickly that it's not an easy life. <laughs> Sergeant Della who uh, was knighted after he left the OTC. He was always regarded as a very good instructor, but he wrote one part record that the man turned up at Berkhamsted Station expecting his Batman to take his kit to his tent, and he was very soon disillusioned. <laughs> but the very, very bottom step of the monument itself, the actual inscription reads that Colonel Errington was actually brought here and his ashes were actually spread on the common or very close to this area. Quite extraordinary. I think really that monument itself depicts all that we've seen this morning on the common, the trenches um, and all the work they did and the essential work they did to train men to go to the Great War. Well, if you'd like to find out more about the role that local people and places played during the First World War, you can visit the BBC's World War One at homepage. Click on bbc.co.uk slash WW1. You'll be able to see and hear our World War One changed life in beds, hearts and bucks and find hundreds more stories from across the UK. Tomorrow we'll hear about the first German airship to be shot down over British soil and it happened in Hertfordshire. Yes, guys! Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, we're talking about care homes and uh, the, the cost of care homes and how it's getting more and more expensive. And if anyone's got uh, a parent or a grandparent or a husband or a wife in care homes, man alive, it's expensive. My mum pays just under £1,300 a week. A week. Imagine that. I'm in charge of a bank account and I have a little look in there and it's heartbreaking to see it disappear. Sue has uh, texted him. Ian, regarding care homes, my mum had cancer and by the time she was diagnosed had very little time left. She was aware if she went in a care home her house would have to be sold to pay the £1,000 per week fees. She and my dad worked hard and didn't have a lot of money. She wanted her assets to go to her children. After discussions around the possibility of moving her into a home... Oh my goodness! After discussions around the possibility of moving her into a home she stopped eating and drinking. I believe this was to keep her in hospital and resulted in a fast decline and ultimately her death. I think the fees are extortionate and, as she believed, having worked all her life and paid tax, these fees should be covered by the government. There is little incentive to work hard when others who may not will receive funding. Now, this is the kind of interesting ethical dilemma when it comes to to, uh, the, the care homes for elderly people. When it's not medical care homes... And even though my mum's got MS and is only 63, uh, it's not classed as medical. Nice one, guys. Clever. Clever little dodge there, government. Uh, it, it, it's classed as social care, not medical care. So she is responsible for her, her care, just as uh, Sue's mum would have been. So the question is, if you can afford it, should you pay for it? 
My mum can afford it, and so she has to pay for it. Whereas someone uh, in a, a, a similar who had the similar situation was going to the same place, but hadn't saved and hadn't paid off their mortgage, wouldn't have to pay for it. I can see both sides of the argument. And hey, if the government paid for everybody, you know what? You, you think we're in financial trouble now? You wait and see where we are in 5, 10, 15 years' time. We'd be bankrupt. So if you can afford it, should you pay for it? I think that uh, I think if you can afford it, then, yeah, you should have to pay for some of it, half of it. I don't know. I don't know. And while it is heartbreaking that uh, my mum had to sell her house and spend all of her savings, and she's fast approaching the, uh, what's the limit now, 23,000? I thought it had gone up a bit to 25,000. Anyway, she's fast approaching the threshold, which means hopefully the council will step in and take over the majority of the funding. She could, you know, she did have money. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll reset the stall in about, well, just after the news at half past. Let's have a quick look at some of the front pages, though, shall we? Well, it's all Boris Johnson. Have you seen the picture of Boris on the front page of The Independent? It's a joke. It's a picture of a monkey. Do you know who took that picture of the monkey? The monkey took it. I know. The monkey took a selfie. Uh, this is a brilliant story, the front page of The Independent. The monkey took a selfie. It's not a monkey, it's a macaque. It's a monkey. We all know that gorillas, um, spider monkeys, macaques, uh, chimpanzees, orangutang, they're all monkeys. Baboons. Baboons, they're all monkeys. Mm-hmm. They're all monkeys. All monkeys. So this is a, this is a story. This, uh, this uh, uh, monkey took the picture itself, took a selfie, picked up the camera... Why is it front page story? Well, because there is now uh, an argument over who owns the copyright. <laughs> Flipping it. No. Really? There is an argument over who owns the copyright. Hey, can you see he looks a little bit like one of the Easter Island statues. All right, mate, it's a lady. Don't be sexist. OK, great. Thank you. So it's been put up on uh, Wikipedia, um, and it said that it's um, in the public domain because the monkey took it. Well, the photographer's going, whoa. Dude, are you serious? <laughs> it's my camera, my settings. I went there. I own the photograph. Hi, it's Alice from Three Counties. Hi, we've had a call from John. It's an interesting... Of course the photographer owns it. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course the photographer owns it. We, we know that. The guy that owns the camera owns it. But that's, it's a crazy... But then that, it, it's, it's like if I were to break into your house <laughs> again, Paul, yeah. and take a picture again of me using your toothbrush again where the sun don't shine again, as always happens, mm. on your camera... I know. Who owns that photograph? Technically, I do. Well, the police own it now, but that's... Well, yeah. If you yeah. hadn't have handed it to the authorities, who would own that photograph? I took it. It's a selfie of me with a toothbrush. Mm-hmm. So who owns it? The monkey? The monkey wasn't there. The monkey probably owns it. 08459 455 555 if you want to call us about monkeys. I don't know why you would. Uh, They're the only paper, I think. Oh, no, they've got Boris Boris Johnson on the front page. Uh, Lib Dems turn on Cameron over Gaza. This is again the Independent. Clegg Cable and Ashdown lead mounting revolt as pressure grows for a total ban on British arms sales to Israel. Why is that even a question? Why has that not even happened yet? Why is that even a question? Just do it. Just back. I can, can you believe that we're selling arms to Israel when all this is going on? Did I just open that can of worms again? Yeah, I think I did. Uh, the Times. Oh, there's going to be uh, an office movie. I can't wait to uh, to uh, to uh, to uh, not really go and see that. What's next for David Brent? The movie Office. The movie. Yeah. 
Uh, they've got um, the two young uh, chaps that were killed in Borneo, and also Boris Johnson. Oh, where's where's Matt? Where's Matt? It's Matt's cartoon. Oh, Matt and the Daily Telegraph. I bet he was going to sum this up. Matt is away. Matt, you've let us all down, you plum. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, the M25 is still very slow anti-clockwise in patches between junctions 19 and 16 from Watford round to the M40. I wouldn't say that whole stretch is really bad, but it's certainly slow in patches, very slow in others. A1M looking very busy southbound around junction 7 at Stevenage. Centre of Stevenage has been looking very busy as well this morning. There are still some delays on the A418 heading away from Leighton Buzzard towards Aylesbury. The bit from kind of wing to Wingrave is the section uh, where it looks uh, particularly busy. Uh, by the looks of things I can see some delays on the A1081 just off junction 10A of the M1 where of course they've still got those various roadworks going on and it looks very slow uh, coming up that uh, spur off the M1 towards there uh, too. Train services are largely okay now. It looks like they've sorted out that problem I've mentioned earlier affecting some of the uh, trains uh, that run up to uh, Birmingham. Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you Russell. Just two tweets picked at random. Rankin Mickey says, Ian, you remind me of the KLF huh? and Carpet Martin Alice is loud in the background today isn't she yeah. across beds hearts and bugs this is BBC Three Counties Radio It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The government is announcing this morning that trains on London's new Crossrail line could continue to stations in Hertfordshire. Stations likely to get Crossrail services will include Tring, Hemel Hempstead, Watford Junction and Berkhamsted. Two Bedfordshire police officers have been charged over the alleged assault of autistic man Farouk Ali outside his own home in Luton. One of the officers has been charged with racially aggravated assault. And a woman from Newport Pagnell is calling for clarity on breastfeeding in public after being told she can't breastfeed at the town's swimming pool. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hertfordshire fast bowler Steve Finn could return to Test cricket for the first time in over a year when England play India in the fourth Test at Old Trafford today. Finn was sent home early from the winter tour of Australia, but is back in the squad in place of the injured Liam Plunkett. The series is level at one all with two Tests to play. Here's England captain Alistair Cook. We're on the start of the England recovery now. I think we're rebuilding stuff, and one game doesn't mean that we've cracked it. You know, for five days throwing Southampton, we were really good. We put pressure on India for five days, where the rest of the summer we've been doing it for short times. So not been able to continue for the whole five days. Now the challenge is, can we back up that five days with another good five days here? In football, Watford are set for a £2 million windfall after former striker Britta Sombolonga left League One Peterborough to join Championship Club Nottingham Forest for around £5.5 million. Watford sold the 21-year-old to Posh for £1.5 million a year ago. It's thought the Hornets will now earn just over £2 million from a sell-on fee. Milton Keynes Dons manager Carl Robinson says the return of Samir Carruthers shows the club is building for the future. The 21-year-old midfielder has signed a three-year deal after joining from Aston Villa for an undisclosed fee. He will miss the opening weeks of the season with injury, but Robinson saw enough during a loan spell at Stadium MK last season. He's a player that I think you all know it got me very excited. I think mm. he showed a really some tremendous side to Sammy and just when he got injured, he was probably in the best form of his career. Um, and if we can get him back to that and then we can develop him over a period of time, I'm sure there's only going to be a better asset for us anyway and for the football club. And I'm really pleased at the signing of him. 
Elsewhere, Celtic accounting the cost of being knocked out of the Champions League, trailing 4-1 to Leisure Warsaw after the first leg. They were beaten 2-0 at Murrayfield to go out 6-1 on aggregate. In the last two seasons, Celtic have earned over £33 million in prize money from playing in the competition. And Tiger Woods has declared himself fit for the final golf major of the season, the USPGA, which starts later today. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at nine. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, hello, Blue. Hello, Blue. Good day, Blue. Why are you calling me Blue? Because you're wearing blue. I am wearing blue today. Bright blue. I like blue. Yeah. Blue is my colour. Football is our game. We're always winning because Chelsea is our name. It's a little song there. Oh, gosh. Football chance. That's lovely. Thank you very much indeed. Every now and then... Talk sport. I do like um, boobs and I like white vans. Talk sport. That's what, that's what they aim at, I think, isn't it? I think that's who they're aiming at. Yeah. Uh, it's nice to see you. Uh, you're doing the breastfeeding story yes, we've I was, been doing all morning. I was very interested uh, when I was listening to that lady. Natasha, yeah. Natasha uh, Barnett, yes. who was on your programme earlier. Uh, Middleton Pool, this is for anyone who has only just tuned in, Middleton Pool in Newport Pagnell has apologised for telling a young mum she couldn't breastfeed by the side of their swimming pool. Natasha Barnett was told by a lifeguard that after previous complaints from other swimmers, they'd been forced to ban breastfeeding. Mm. She was offered the chance to feed inside or in the toilets, but she says she felt humiliated. She was very upset when we spoke to her, She simply broke down in tears. The pool management say the action was taken as they didn't want Natasha to leave the pool to feed feed her her children, leaving her little four-year-old unattended, although they maintain it's inappropriate to breastfeed anywhere that food and drink is prohibited. Mm. Well, from nine this morning, I want your views on this. Was the Milton Keynes swimming pool right to stop Natasha Barnett breastfeeding? If you have a view, 08459 455 555. Are you one of those people that's anti-breastfeeding in public? You strike me as the sort. Do it, really? Yeah, you do. You strike me as the sort. Uh, I d- well, I'll, I'll level with you. I, I've softened oh. in recent years. Okay. I've got lots of friends who've got little babies now, yeah. and they are, they're having this difficulty. And what I would never want to do is to make a woman who's breastfeeding mm. feel anxious or uncomfortable. Yeah. However, uh, I don't want to see women overtly breastfeeding anywhere near me. Why? Makes me feel uncomfortable. It's the second most natural thing in the world. Well, lots of things are natural. Yeah. It doesn't mean to say that we want to see it go going on all the time. But you don't, you don't, you're not seeing, you don't even see nipple. No, then that's fine. See that's fine. That's fine. But that's what, I, that's what I'm saying. I, as long as it's done discreetly, as long as it's done yeah. nicely. I think, I think most women do. I, don't, I can't think of a time when I've seen it done. Uh, I know somebody who literally, and this is a quote from her, got her boob out in ZZ's. What's, well, I don't know what ZZ's is. It's a restaurant. Oh, is it? Okay. And uh, she said, she, you know, as far as I'm concerned, she said, I've got a baby to feed. Yeah. Um, if I need to get my boob out to feed my baby, yeah. I'm going to do that. And I've done it in the middle of ZZ's on a busy Saturday afternoon. And yeah, I got some looks, but you know what? But you say got her boob out. She wasn't, you know, waving all, around, all over the no, place. No, but hey, she fellas, was, look at this. But she wasn't covering it either. She well, had the, it the, out. The baby covers it, though. Well, yeah, but she would get it out first and then put the baby you have on. To, you have to get it out. But you... OK. So are you saying, then, that if a woman sitting at the table next to you... Yeah. ...suddenly just got her boob out... Yeah. 
and then put her baby on. You don't go, right, lift top, lower bra. Get that out. Right, now I'm going to leave that there. Now, where did I put that baby? Hang on, there's the baby. Right. <laughs> now I'll get on there. It's not, it's not, you know, there's not a, a boob hanging out for 20 seconds or so. Well, I got the distinct impression <laughs> with this woman I was speaking to that the boob was visible. Wow. Because they were looks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, from nine this morning, I want your views. What's the Milton Keynes swimming pool right to stop Natasha Barnett breastfeeding? 08459 455 555. <laughs> Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ta-ta! Ta-ta! So, let's set up the stall. Where are we? 8.37. It's uh, another 23 minutes of the show. What have we got? Well, we're talking about the breastfeeding as well. Uh, We've been uh, speaking uh, to Natasha, the mum, who was told uh, at a swimming pool, you can't feed your baby by the swimming pool. You've got to go and do it in the toilet. But imagine if you were told, you can't have your sandwich there, you've got to go and eat it in the toilet. Who'd want to have their lunch in a toilet? Particularly not a toilet. Why are toilets at swimming pools so disgusting? They are the worst, aren't they? They're just awful. I can't believe in 2014 that there, that there is anybody who has a problem with breastfeeding in public. I mean, it, 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 it doesn't bother me on any level at all. And you don't get the mums kind of waving it around and squirting it everywhere. It doesn't work like that. They don't have some of that. If they were doing that, then fair enough, that's out of order. But if you're discreet and, 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 you know, you're feeding your child. Be honest now. If you are offended, if you are upset when you see mums breastfeeding, could you give me a call? We've got 22 minutes of the show. I'd love to hear from you. I won't give you a hard time. I'm just keen to know why you're so offended by it, why it upsets you. Is it a generational thing? Is it let's have let's let's come up with a completely arbitrary uh, cut-off point? Is it people under the age of fifty are fine with it, and people over the age of fifty are disgusted with it? Is it that kind of thing? And also, if you're a mum that has been spoken to in a negative fashion about your breastfeeding, could you give me a call and let me know why, please? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number. If you want to give us uh, a call about that, I'm also trying to. Um, I'm trying to get my head around Boris Johnson. I don't understand the furore uh, surrounding Boris Johnson. I find it very macabre. <laughs> so Macabre? Yeah, I don't understand the excitement around him. I can see him as um, a slightly... No, I can see him as a... As a this is how I perceive him. Mm-hmm. A very manipulative, very right-wing politician who's pretty much out for his own selfish gain. That's how I perceive him. And I'm surprised that more people can't perceive him. And is it because, and we've talked about this before, Paul, privately, and I think we may have mentioned it on air, mm-hmm. is it because of that whole, it's Boris, cuddly Boris. I'm, I'm d- deliberately making an effort not to call him Boris. Yes. Boris Johnson, the Mayor of London, for that is what he is. By calling Boris, we kind of make him into a lovable, roguish teddy bear, don't Almost we? like a cartoon character. Exactly. Have a listen to this. This is the uh, the in- this is part of the interview that um, uh, Eddie Mayer did with Boris Johnson, the Mayor of London. Was it on the Sunday Politics Show? The yes, Andrew Marshall. Andrew Marshall. Yeah. This is part of the interview where he kind of got well, he 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 got a little bit beneath the soft, cuddly, blonde, foppish surface. The Times Theory. let you go after you made up a quote. Why did you make up a quote? Well, uh, this this again, you know. These are these are these are 
big terms for what happened. Why well, I can tell you the whole thing. I think you're you sure our viewers wouldn't want to hear more about. Well, right. if, you don't, if you don't want to talk, about, about, talk I, I, about it, was, it, was, about a, it was a long, a long and lamentable story. Okay, but you made uh, it which, Well, what happened was that um, I ascribed events uh, that were supposed to have taken place before. Uh, the death of Piers Gaveston to events that actually took yes. place after the death. You made of Piers something Gaveston. up. Let me ask you well, about another little. I mean, uh, I mildly sandpapered right. something. Something. Let me ask you about a yes, barefaced lie. Very embarrassing. Though. I'm very sorry about. Let it. me ask you about a barefaced lie. And on and on it goes. It's on YouTube. Go and have a look. Orquado is not the word. Isn't it tense? And he does it. It's interesting when we spoke to our guest at eight o'clock. He was saying that that if Boris Johnson does stand uh, as an MP, then the press might go for him a little bit harder than they have done. Can you explain Boris Johnson to me? Now, it's interesting that w- when Justin went out, uh, maybe we'll play Justin's audio a bit later on. When Justin went out, uh, there was a mixed response. Some people saying, oh, he's brilliant. He'll be great. Some people saying, I don't like him. He's an idiot. Uh, I, and I don't, I, I don't quite get... The foppish, blonde... I don't buy into that in the slightest. People do, though, Paul, don't they? And that's a big, image is a big thing in politics now, whether we like it or not. Just looking at the polling for Boris Johnson, all of the leaders of all of the main parties are less liked than Boris Johnson. Mm. He, uh, according, he's liked by 58% of the population, compared with 40% for Theresa May. We're looking at potential successes to David Cameron. Uh, and indeed, you know, there's been a lot of criticism... Um, from other parties, Labour especially, saying why is the media talking so much about someone who may or may not be the leader of a party in 2020? You know, they're looking that far down the line. And and perhaps rightly, perhaps actually the media is massively focused on it. And we've, I think we've looked at it from a different pers- perspective today, but I'm just looking back at all of the times he said that he's not going to stand. Mm. And this is the other thing, you know, he said that in May 2012 he had no ambition, made a solemn vow, he said to Londoners, and then later on he, uh, people could take for granted that he wouldn't stand as an MP. That was in uh, uh, May 2012. Then uh, in the party conference in 2011 he said, I won't go beyond a second term. I can certainly promise Promised Londoners, I will fight to secure a second what, term. What, what a surprise! A, a politician mm. lying to, and, and they are. We can say categorically that is a lie because he's going completely against what he said. Right. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Last twenty minutes of the show. Is there anybody that can sell Boris to me and explain what, what, why you think he would be good? He is being linked with some seats in beds, hearts, and bucks. It won't happen. It won't happen. Let's ask the very simple question. Would you like Boris Johnson to be your MP? Yes or no? Really simple. Because uh, you, you, you know that if he was your MP, he, he, his eye would be on the leadership of the Tory party. His eye would be on becoming Prime Minister at some point. Or maybe you think an outspoken, uh, brusque character like that is just what we need. in. Po- I think we should have more characters in politics. Because everybody's so bland and boring, apart from, I'm going to say it, apart from, ah, apart from, oh, God, it's going to come out of my mouth, apart from Nigel Farage, hey. I know uh, the, the man is, is a plum of the highest ranking, but he's a character. There aren't any characters. I think that's why Farage does so well, not necessarily because of his, um, uh, his views, although that's probably part of it, but the fact is that he's a character, and there aren't any characters in politics at the moment. I'm trying to think of some. Well, certainly not the leaders. Cameron, Bo- uh, Miliband, Balls, Clegg, none of those. Esther McVeigh? No. 
I don't think so. She's bland and this personified. And I can't think of any other politicians at the moment. Name it, Paul, you are, you are, you were, you may well be again, political reporter for BBC Three Counties Radio. Give me some characters. Are they allowed to take puppets into um, Parliament? No. Are they not? It's, well, it's frowned upon. I don't because I, I tell you what, what would, uh, would would get Clegg back? Yeah. In popular uh, popularity stakes, if he came up with a puppet one day, Prime Minister's question time, he stood up and said, "Well, I've got no questions for the Prime Minister, but Mr. Fussy Fuzz does." Mm? What would you like to ask the Prime Minister, Mr Fussy Fuzz? Well, I'd like to know what we're going to do about Gaza! David Cameron, that would stun David Cameron, he wouldn't would, it? Yeah, he would be surprised at that. Well, well, is the, is the Prime Minister going to answer it? Ask the question again, Mr Fussy Fuzz. I want to know what we're going to do about the situation in Gaza! Or a robot butler. It's like in, when you get to the fourth series of an American sitcom, they either bring in a puppet, an animal, a robot butler, or a cute blonde kid. And you, they did it with all different strokes, happy days, all of them. 08459 555. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's a lane closed on the A421 on the Bedford Southern Bypass. It's the inside lane that's closed, so it's down to a single lane westbound going from the sort of Harrodon Road uh, junction towards the A6. It's a lorry that's having a tyre change, so traffic, Ian, is queuing towards there as uh, a result of that. And I can see it's quite a long queue by the looks of things, uh, according to the speed sensors. They're also picking up some delays on the A1 south towards the Black Cat roundabout. Uh, the M1 starting to get very slow southbound now uh, from Junction 9, the turn for the A5 for a fairly short stretch, but it's very slow nonetheless. M25 queuing in patches anti-clockwise, junctions 18 to 16 from Chorleywood to the M40. Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 8.46, it's Thursday the 7th of August. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The government is announcing this morning that trains on London's new Crossrail line could continue to stations in Hertfordshire. Two Bedfordshire police officers have been charged over the alleged assault of autistic man Farouk Ali outside his own home in Luton. One of the officers has been charged with racially aggravated assault. And a woman from Newport Pagnell is calling for clarity on breastfeeding in public after being told she can't breastfeed at the town swimming pool. You want to give us your calls on that and let us know your breastfeeding stories in 08459 455 555. We'll speak to you and possibly Justin Dealey as well after the weather with Wendy. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, good morning. What a beautiful start to the day we've had so far and it's going to continue much in this way through into the afternoon. Temperatures will reach 22, 23 degrees, something like that. It's not going to be too bad at all. There is chance because of the humidity that a shower will build up into the afternoon but that's going to be the exception to the rule. Into the night then, it stays pretty warm and sultry with a low of about 17 degrees in a spot like St Albans. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a bit uncomfortable for sleeping. And then it's going to cloud over in the early hours of the morning with the first of the pulses of rain moving up from the south, probably arriving on our shores about sort of 7, 8 o'clock, something like that. And that sets the tone for the day. It's If it's not raining, it's going to be pretty grey. It will be fresher, 21 degrees, but there will be some heavy rain on and off throughout the afternoon. So easternmost parts of the three counties are covered by a yellow weather warning from the Met Office because there could be some very large puddles by the end of the day. Not so much of a 
a problem on Saturday that there will be fine conditions but on Sunday we could end up with some unseasonably wet and windy weather from this ex-hurricane Bertha but it's very difficult to pin down at the moment and so keep an ear out for the forecast over the next few days for further details that's how it's looking for now Every weekday from three. Spend your afternoons talking about beds, hearts and bucks. It's an amazing venue. If you haven't been to Amstel Park, get along. It's absolutely beautiful. Discussing the biggest stories. In terms of our people, we've invested £5 million to recruit new nurses. In the company of friends. Howard Berry and Brown, Amanda Devlin. Amanda, what have you been watching this week? I went to the Happy Days. And debating the week's hottest topics. The biggest problem is, is actually lack of money, lack of opportunities, poor availability of training. The use of CCTV spy to catch people who park illegally is to be banned. Roberto Peroni, weekdays from three, BBC Three Counties Radio. Wag one, if you hear a whisper, give us a shout. <laughs> that one gets uh, coloured orange. I'm that my favourite ones are being coloured orange, and that I've got to have that again. Wag one, if you hear a whisper, give us a shout. <laughs> This is my other favourite one. If you hear a whisper, guess give us us a shells. I think you know why. Are we going to speak to Justin Scoins? Yeah, he's uh, okay. Well, when? Surely. Yeah, but I'm not being funny. We've got 11 minutes of the show left. So Mm. when do you think we might speak to Justin? He's, 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 he's. Other producers would have had him up by now, ready to go, mate. So, just wondering... I'm only going to get him ready up when he's ready. He's doing well, talk about lifts. You've been talking about lifts. Do you want to do the reset and then he'll be ready to go? Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, OK. But you could tell me how to do my job or you could do yours. I mean, I don't know which do you prefer. Right now? Yeah, right now, mate. I'm serious. Right now. There he is. What fader would I like? What fader would I use to approach him? I haven't briefed him yet, so I just need to do that. <laughs> Are you serious? How's that? Uh... <clears throat> Sorry, I've, I've lost my train of thought. How's that? Really? How's that? Yeah, yeah. How's that? Yeah. Do you want the other one? It's okay. a pair, matching pair. There you go. Look, look, and they've got brothers. Ding. Yeah, you like those? Seriously, eleven minutes. I want you in my office. You're. <clears throat> Well, this, this, isn't, this, is, this isn't quite going as I was uh, expecting. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, yeah, yes. Mm. Justin. How's that? Yeah, fine, mate. Well, uh, Who had a big hit in the 1970s called How's That? Yeah, I'm not interested. Huge it's... hit, very popular I with our what? target demographic. I'm not in the mood. Why don't you talk about that on Saturday between whatever time your sh- show is on now? Right, and you 12 can... until 2. OK, fine, you can talk about that then. That's not what we're talking about this morning, all I right? was just trying to lift the programme a bit. It's Pro- been a bit... Uh, no, it hasn't. Mm, no. You know. What? Where are... are you winding me up? No, no, it's, it's probably been a 7 out of 10 today, boss. Sorry. And we yeah. know whose fault that is, don't we? Well, whose fault's that, then? It's not mine, and it's not Ellis's. <laughs> whose name is it above the door? Yeah, whose name is... Yeah, all right. Yours. <laughs> yeah, I know it's my responsibility. Yeah. It's well, not my go, fault. Then. Yeah, you've just said it. You... Well, um... No, it's my... Congratulations. It's my responsibility. Exactly. Yes, It's not my fault. Mm, you just said it's your responsibility. Let's just uh, take that quote. Hashtag end of. 
Hashtag not the end of dudes. Yes. No, I am steering this ship through through very bland waters. I'm yes. sailing through the Sea of Scoines. Yes. Right? If we were in the Bay of Boyle, and I hate to use that name. Right. If we were in the Bay of Boyle, yes. then it would be all light and sunshine. Probably a little bit potty-mouthed as well. That's the reason she's not here. You remind me of a, a tradesman that I know who's not particularly good. Who always blames his tools. What? What tradesman? Well, no names. No names, no Legal. pack drill. All yeah. right. Well, you've gone out and you've done a Vox about lifts. Yes. Really? Uh, yeah. Well, hang on a second. Really? At 7.30 this morning, what yep. were you talking about? I was talking about lift, mate. Exactly. Yeah. So I didn't, I, I I didn't ask of... you to go out and do a Vox about lifts. <laughs> you've used your initiative and that is frowned upon here at BBC well, Three Counties Radio. Not at all. You know, earlier on today, I was talking about breastfeeding. That, of course, is the big Why phone Why did you have to say it like on. that? Uh, also talking what, no, about just, Boris Johnson, just, Trump paid the newspapers. Just, and then you bring lifts me? into the equation. Is this a, why did you have to say breastfeeding like that? Because it is breastfeeding. Yeah, but you said I was talking about breastfeeding. Again, just trying to uh, lift the mood on the programme slightly. You don't have to yeah, lift the, the breasts. The use of words. I'd rather you didn't lift breasts on my show. Just the use of words, trying to, uh, you know... The use of words. ...bring some sexiness into the show. You can't bring sex... The breastfeeding story is the antithesis of sexiness. No, I'm not talking about that being sexy. I'm talking about the, the, the way you say things, you know? If you go to some of these courses, I'm sure the BBC will put you on them uh, sooner rather than later. I don't and need them, mate. I've won, two aw- I've won two awards in the last year, mate. Yeah. Probably going to win a few more. Probably going to win some Gillards. I don't even know what they are, mm, but I'm probably going to win yeah. them. Quite a lot of my audio on those uh, packages, oh, just saying. <laughs> Jog on, fella. Just Jog saying. on, fella. And what's going? Yeah, and... Uh, right, OK. Yeah. OK, guys. I did, right. in fact, not fiction. You're dealing something. Right. Mm. So you set it up then. Go on, then lift, didn't it? Well, you were talking about lifts. Um, Yeah, apparently you got quite angry because a Polish person didn't know that... uh no matter how excited I try to sound, my voice always sounds boring. I don't do a programme about Adolf Hitler. But I want to touch, I want to feel. Come here, give me a big cuddle. Sorry, Justin, <laughs> you're interrupted by a robot version of you that's got yes, slightly yes, more personality. Yes, 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 For some strange reason, you started talking about lifts earlier on. You were, you were angry, furious, yeah. outraged that yeah. uh, some Polish people don't realise that zero in this country is the ground floor. They think it's one. Um, for some reason, you got very upset about <laughs> I got that. very angry yeah, about it, you yeah. Did. So um, you were asking people for their lift stories... Yep. Um, I've got some, and this package contains a very emotional Kylie Minogue fan. Here's what happened. Press the button. Please. Please. Thank you. Nadine, what's your lift story? What happened? Um, I was in the Arndale, um, Arndale Centre, and I was stuck in the lift. Um, the lift was between two floors, so they had to open the doors and lift us all out of the lift. And I had my son in his pushchair as well, and we had to be taken out of the lift to safety. I was in the lift with Adam Woodart from EastEnders, Ian Bill, in Watford Hospital. We were just in it together. He was visiting somebody or there and we was in the lift together. Yeah. But I played it cool. I, <laughs> I didn't didn't go and get his autograph. Yeah. I just pretended I didn't notice him. Yeah. Nice guy? He was a nice guy, yeah, yeah, I have to say. Wow. Now, if you could be stuck in a lift with anybody, I mean, Ian Bill's a bit of a weak one. Uh, if you could be stuck in a lift with anybody, who would it be and why? It would have to be George Clooney for me. Why the big G-man? Because he's so handsome and grey. Ikey baby, what's your list story? Well, I was stuck in an elevator. I don't blame them anyway. It's just I was asthmatic. You know, I'm asthmatic and I was running out of air. So I kept banging, but no one was listening, sort of. And it was, it was very frightening. It was very How long were you stuck in a lift for? <laughs> More than an hour. Justin, very quickly, before I continue to press play, are these oh. all stuck in lift stories? No. You sure? Because yeah. that wasn't... We stuck in this, it lifted, we, you know, that's been done a hundred times on local radio. We're, 
Just just let him carry on. All right. Hard to see. More than and enough. And you're struggling to breathe? Sweating, yeah, really. You must have been terrified. Of course, of course. Let's send you away with a smile on your face, because that's quite a negative story, OK? If you could be stuck in a lift with anybody, who would it be? Kylie Minogue. <laughs> Look at you <laughs> Pointing above my weight there, aren't I? I know oh, No, no, not at all Why, why Kylie? Sure. Silly question, I know But why Kylie? I could have a proper discussion with her You never know well, Might fancy my chances <laughs> well, I got in the lift I wanted to go up to the second floor And I pressed the basement button I wonder where I was when I got down there Great story No, no, I don't go in the lift So I don't like them yeah. So you haven't got a lift story? No. Thanks, boss. Okay. There you go. Right. Hang on a minute. So, significant portion of that, I'd say 80%, was stuck in lift stories. So who's phoned your programme to say they've been stuck in a lift with Ian Beale or been in a lift with Ian Beale? Ian Woodart. Y- yes, Adam Woodart. Ian Beale. Adam he used Woodyatt. to have a beard, but, but now he's shaved it off. Adam Woodyatt. Yes. Uh, no one's called him because I wouldn't have let them got through. The bullshine filter would have, uh, would have sounded. Uh, they really? would have been cut off. And then really? you've got some poor fellow who wants to uh, molest Kylie Minogue yes. in a lift. Who doesn't? Does, doesn't ma- well, no, it doesn't matter if it's in a lift or not. It's still molestation. And yes. then a fella who wanted to go to the first floor and he pressed the basement. <laughs> I mean, really? OK, what's the best that you've got then? No, it doesn't matter what... No, no, it doesn't matter what... No, it doesn't matter... Well, we had um, Lynn phone in who told us something about lifts. Oh, yeah? Oh, something. What was that, then? I Sounds don't remember. Memorable. I don't remember. Great call. Great call. Yours... Right, OK. <laughs> are, you, what, are you winding me up? No. Are you going to deliberately be rubbish I'm, today? I'm just backing myself up. Listen, I have been out and about this morning for you on the hottest topics, locally, <laughs> nationally, and then you started talking about lifts. Is this a joke, Squints? Have you, have you, have, is he punking me? Great job, Dean. Really. Thank you. Thank Super. you. Good stuff. I, I can only do what's put in front of me. Yeah, and he did really well. And the Boris and the uh, the other stuff was great. Really. I mean, the Boris stuff was all right, actually. Yes. I quite enjoyed that. And the breastfeeding stuff was yeah, good. And also, flitted car parking. Yeah. Out there talking to people locally. How yeah. about yeah, how it could affect their business long term? I'm trying to keep these people in business. We want to be local and vocal. What have you done today? When you go home today... Hang on, stay what, there. What are you right. going to say to your kids? I'm going to say Lynn from Bletchley's on the line. Morning, Lynn. Good morning, Ian. Now, Lynn, what would you like to say? I have uh, got stuck in a lift. It was oh. pretty scary. Oh, but, um, and on art, I think if I had a choice... I wouldn't mind getting stuck in the lift with um, Jonathan Vernon Smith. Mm, good call. <laughs> right. Uh, good broadcast. Oh, dear. He'd be able to get you out. Right. He's, he's brilliant. You know. He's uh, a right. brilliant We're, we're late. probably call the company. He's, not, he's a brilliant man. Yeah, right. Lynn's great that, show. He's a great... Award winning. Yeah. yeah, I've won award. Right. Thank you, Justin. See what you've done, Scoins. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, still long delays just outside Bedford on the A421, the Bedford Southern Bypass, where it's down to a single lane westbound, Ian, uh, going from the A600 towards the A6, where a lorry is having a tyre change. So that causing some queues. The A1 very slow south towards the Black Cat roundabout. The M1 uh, very slow south around Junction 9, the turn for the A5 down towards 8 at Hemel Hempstead. Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Russell. Expertly done. Superb work there, Lee. Someone is a professional. Stop stroking the egos, guys. Let's focus on the good ship, Lee. No egos here on the Ian Lee Breakfast Show. JBS is up next. I'll be back tomorrow and so with some of my team at six. Ta-ta. 
Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Thursday, it's nine o'clock and on today's big phone-in... Was the Milton Keynes swimming pool right to stop Natasha Barnett breastfeeding? Middleton Pool in Newport Pagnell.